Don't ever laugh as a hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in bloody sheets to drop you six feet underneath. Tonight, we're jumping on the train and heading to Estes Park, Colorado, right here in the United States, and visiting the Stanley Hotel. The 142-room Colossus was initially meant to be open on July 4th, 1909, as a resort for upper-class Easterners. And boy, is there a lot of supposed hauntings. Listener discretion is always advised. All aboard the Midnight Train Podcast. Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. Guess what? You guys know what that means because you've been here before, right? You know that we make fun of and joke about wait, creepy wait, wait, shit. Wait wait, 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 wait. What? Some people may not have been here before. Well, guess what, newbies? We make fun of and joke about <laughs> creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're new or if you're not, I am your host, Jonathan Sayer. And with me are my co-hosts, of course, Mr. Moody and Logan. What up, what up? Applause is all around. Yeah, that's good. Uh, also, real quick, I just want to make sure that everybody listened to that intro where you said that we joke about and make fun of creepy shit. Correct. Because apparently, <laughs> <laughs> apparently people don't listen. Yeah, so I think maybe what we should do is create just one episode yeah. where the entire time, no jokes. No jokes, no, no laughing. laughing. And the entire time it's... And of course, he walked into the room and stabbed her 37 times with a dull butter knife. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I can't. Oh, I, I can't. Get, do yeah, it. no, I get you. Like, can't just do to it. see how people like it. Listen, we know that murder and shit like that is not <laughs> funny, but the idiots that do the kind of shit, that's funny. Yeah, okay. I mean, and that's what and, we make fun of. And you know of. what? Some of these episodes, you got to bring some, some yes, levity to. Some You're of them just, are uh, thick. Thick, yeah. thick, thick. So that's you, how John likes his women. That's, that's, I, that's how I like my. I'm <laughs> stopping right now. <laughs> I was trying to get yeah, you in trouble. No, nope, not saying a word. So, you beautiful bunch of dark passengers. Smart, Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm married. I have to be yeah, smart. Yeah. yeah. You guys know that we're just a bunch of musicians and assholes that love history and cannot get enough of the mysterious. We want you all to know how much it means that you're listening to us at this very moment. And if you don't know, now you know. Your reviews mm-hmm. and support really do make all the hard work worthwhile. In saying that, please stop on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us a review, a good review. That'd be awesome. I noticed that we got another uh, we got another five star rating, but there was no review with it. Which, oh. you know, I'm fine well, with. Yeah, it. we'll take the rating. That's fine. Yeah. I think that's more important, right? Yeah, yeah. Also, um, real quick, just give us five stars, and then underneath, just put dicks. With the ratings, it helps us on the charts, right? Correct. Obviously, it helps. Real, us move. real quick about the charts. Moving on. Uh, up. We, uh, you guys don't know, but obviously we know. We we changed our category. Uh, on the charts to to help us kind of get an idea of where we're at against other podcasts as far as listenership that are similar to us. Correct. Right. right. So I just wanted to say, uh, first of all, it freaked me the hell out because I checked the the one day and we were not on any charts. It said that we dropped out of every chart, and I was like, Yeah, that was me. What I did we do? <laughs> and, I, fucked, uh, I fucked us up. Yeah. And then I realized that John had switched the category, yes. which is fine. And then I just want to say that the next day. Uh-huh. We were number we were, one. We were already, no. Oh. We already popped up on two charts. Yeah? The next day. Which charts? Motherfucking Sweden. Sweden, we love Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. Fucking New Zealand. New Zealand! 
Island. Yes. We were instantly back on those other on the new category. We're back on the charts the next Dude, day. Dude, I swear we love you guys so much. That's amazing to me. Thank you for being just awesome and supporting us. Everybody the way else you guys get your do. shit together. Yeah, the rest of you, <laughs> rest of you motherfuckers. <laughs> Catch up, mustard. <laughs> So you guys, honestly, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all the other places. Just type in the Midnight Train Podcast in their search bar and click the follow button. That'd be awesome. Hit the like button. Maybe say something yeah. about it. Tell your friends. All that good stuff. That's, and you'll get each tell episode. Your friends. That's the, That's the big right one. Yeah. And listen, our Patreon poopers, our Patreon subscribers, the producers of this damn show, poopers, you're going to be getting... Poopers, we've got poopers, so much cool poopers, stuff in the works. We do. Like, so much. Not only do we have the... We just dropped the documentary that only they got to see first. So far, yeah. When are we dropping right. that for everyone else? Eh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. Fuck him. Yeah. It'll be coming soon. So just, you know, go to our YouTube and subscribe. Subscribe there. to yeah. the YouTube. It'll pop up. Yeah. yeah. Click the little bell icon, I think is what it is. Bing. Yeah. And uh, you guys are going to be getting a an episode on Neil Falls, which I got some inside information on. Yeah. I'm excited about yeah. that. Yep. Um, we're also doing a uh, famous, famous last meals, last meals, last words, famous last words, like execution last words, which, by the way, is fucked up. <laughs> yeah, there's some good ones. out there. Super fucked up. And I'm glad it's going to be a, uh, a pooper episode yeah. of bonus because, yeah. hey, dude, it's pretty. We have the current serial killers. Current serial killers. Yeah. We've got some a, interesting ones. we got all kinds of cool stuff coming yeah, up for you guys. Good stuff down the old pipeline. Yeah, so make sure you guys go over there and sign up. Go to our website, which is uh, the midnighttrainpodcast.com. Up at the very top, you can click on it. There's actually a page dedicated to the poopers now, and it'll tell you a little bit, because guess what? We're going to start doing a referral program once we get it figured out. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have pooper points. Pooper points. That's right. You guys are getting pooper points. Skid marks. <laughs> for every time you refer, you get a skid mark. I don't know if we're doing that or not. I don't know. Uh, we're, we're working it out, though. We're, we're, we're always working on things that we can do to give you guys more since you're giving us so much. Right. Absolutely. And make and sure. We appreciate it. Yeah. You can go to uh, patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast if you'd rather do that or go to our official website, get some merchandise while you're there. Lots of cool stuff. And, you know, we're going to be yeah. giving 10% to a specific charity once we get to a certain level where we feel like, you know, obviously any amount is good. Sense. We want, yeah, we want it to make sense and yeah. give like good portion to yeah. whatever charity that you guys, our poopers, get to pick. Yep. Um, also in saying that, we have a uh, the po- uh, Patreon only Facebook page, our regular Facebook group page, which is a blast. And so much more. But, you know, you guys just get on there, type it, the Midnight Train Podcast in the Google search bar and just you'll like everything you, you'll find what yeah, you just need. like everything yeah just do it man just do it so now listen before we get into this oh yeah we got a listener message over we did we did okay we got a listener message and i felt that this belong it belonged in the beginning because how awesome the message is okay so i'm gonna read it and this is word for word if there's any okay. focus in here yeah whatever uh, all right so dearest blackout uh i mean the midnight train podcast guys Oh, all right. A very close and sweetly dear friend of mine. He's a fan of mine, too. Turn me on to your podcast. You know him as Olive Chainsaw. Yes. No. Chainsaw. To me, he is my (laughs) Ollie Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, oh, no. They go on to say 17 years we have known each other. And yes, oh. I can still kick his ass regardless of what he says or how much he denies it. Okay. So to make a short story longish, the other day <laughs> I was at work listening to True Crime Garage podcast. And that's a cool podcast. Yeah. I've heard a few episodes. Yeah. Right. It's not bad. And, and she says, uh, or yeah, I guess they are yeah. like your podcast rivals in a sense because they're kind of like us. You know, I guess they kind of do what we do. Right. Is that what they do? 
Maybe. I've only heard like two episodes. Oh, okay. And they were good. They were good. I'm not yeah. going to lie. They were, they were good. And they are from Columbus. Uh, look, I don't look, quite. I, under- don't, I don't consider us to have rivals. No. We have compadres. Right. Companions. Right. Right. We hold hands, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, whatever. Goes I'll, on to say, I'll give them a <laughs> I don't quite understand how Ohioans work out that stuff. Talking about they're from Columbus and whatever. So, anywho, I decided it was music time, and I start rocking out to "I'm Not the One," which is a song from Blackout Superstar. And right. if you guys don't know, that was a band that Jeff, former co-host, and I were in for a very long time. Yes. Wait, you yes. were in a band? All right, shut up. Anyway, while I was cussing out paperwork under my breath, okay, I remembered about halfway through that Ollie Boy had mentioned your podcast. I, of course, text him to make sure I remember the name right. I had it mixed up with Kid Rock's Midnight Train to Memphis and Journey's line Midnight Train to Anywhere. So you see, I had the Midnight Train part right. Yes. Alibu Beautiful. confirms it is Midnight Train Podcast, and so I fire up, uh, fired up on my Amazon Prime Music app. Oh, okay. Suddenly, okay, well, like five or ten minutes into Gore Orphanage, my workday wasn't so grr and ugh and arg. Instead, it became more mm-hmm, 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 with pausing and <laughs> nods here and there and pockets of muffled <laughs> laughter. Let's fast forward the, to the near end of my workday on the wonderfully scientifically spooky podcast Friday. I was closing up my accounts and dispatch and remembered crap and ha- uh, wait, crap and a half, it's Friday. I start playing Whiskey Weekend. That's another song from Blackout Superstar. No earbuds for my earballs. Most of the earballs. (laughs) Most of the folks around my office are already gone by 4 p.m. Not me, though. I crave that fluorescent lighting and recycled air. I needed that fix before the two-day weekend. Anyway, I digress. So there I was. Sound turned up slightly louder than a screaming crow. Singing along to Whiskey Weekend. It had been that kind of week. And we know those weeks. Unbeknownst to me, one of our security dudes was just outside my door. He came in and said loudly, remember the music is kind of loud at this point, um, quote, what are you listening to? After I recovered from the jump scare and falling out of my chair and assuring the uncontrollable gut laughing security dude I was not hurt, I said it's boss, blackout superstar. A few other late Friday, early uh, evening fluorescent lighting and recycled air addicts came in to see what the commotion was. They were pretty nosy with or without commotion. I had to restart the song. They enjoyed it. I showed them the video. A couple guys were genuinely worried that Ken hurt himself when he slipped out of the van. <laughs> But back to your podcast. And by the way, if you watch the video for uh, Whiskey Weekend, we were literally getting out of the van and like, you know, doing the video. And uh, we all stepped out and it had our names. It was real dumb. Ken actually fell out and like, oh, he smacked. legitimately he fell. legit fell and like hurt himself, dude. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> fucked up. So anyway, back to your podcast. I have wonderful paranormal experiences I can gladly share with you. As well as wonderful memories of the times I aggravated, annoyed, scared, made laugh, made pinch the bridge of, of his nose and shake his head. And, of course, made Ollie Boo smile. <laughs> Following you guys on Instagram and subbed on YouTube. Thank you so much for that. Woo. Following on Amazon Prime Music as well. Do not have Apple, so I cannot give you five stars there. But I am telling other folks of this intriguing podcast. I love how it just flows with you guys. It doesn't sound scripted or rehearsed. It's genuine banter and the chemistry is great. I have listened to a few uh, true crime and paranormal podcasts where it sounds like Ben Stein is talking very monotonous. Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> she actually put that in there. That's what we were talking about earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or the people spend like 45 minutes talking about their nails or the espresso daiquiri enchilada latte with soy foam, half and half and 2% milk floater from Starbucks or something. <laughs> first of all, first of all. That's your drink of choice, isn't it? No. 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 I have to refrain from talking about my nails constantly because, mm-hmm. I mean, look at these. Yeah, nails. they are fantastic. They, you do have fantastic nails. <laughs> then they briefly not, talk about all, <laughs> they talk about the topic. Then it's what they are going to do tomorrow and stay tuned for the next episode about blah, blah, blah. Thank you guys for this great podcast. And if you want some beer suggestions, check out Old Rasputin if they have it up there. Uh, pretty stout. Definitely like it. By the way, I've had that many times and it's delicious. 
All righty, guys. Thanks again for this podcast. The laughs you gave me and, cus- uh, and caused at work. Time to go peruse your website shop. Yes. Woo. Give Ollie Boy or Ollie Boo a big hug for me. <laughs> he has no idea I'm sending this, so have fun oh. with that. <laughs> Enjoy yes. these pics of this vehicle at the store. By the way, she sent p- uh, pictures. I'll show you guys. It's like this pink, like putrid like pink looking vehicle. Yeah. I'll show you guys. It's All right. hilarious. All right. Your new podcast fan, <laughs> Melissa. Another Melissa. Yes. Well, Melissa, thank you so great. much for listening. Thank you for awesome. introducing us to Ali Boo. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, that's awesome that you're listening and telling your people about it. And uh, any paranormal experiences you have, please send them over. Yeah. That goes and, for everybody. Yeah. Everybody. We'll, everybody we'll read them. Everybody. Yeah. Everyone. Anyway. Yes, we should. Everybody. Somebody. <laughs> Some. Sometimes. Damn it. <laughs> All right. So, Melissa, thank you so much. Everyone else, send your messages into us. I'd love to read them. I, I think it's fun yeah. to actually hear you guys' feedback. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I also have another one coming that's a little bit different, and it's pretty fucked up. It's a guy that's writing a book about his, um, um, um what was that, 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 what's it called when you need to be exercised? Possession? Possession. Thank you. Yes. He, okay. he, he claims that he was possessed and okay. gave, gave us the whole story. Yeah. And I will be reading that one of these days when I get a, a wait, chance wait, to kind of the whole sto- Should we make that a bonus episode? Maybe. Maybe we call him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk to him about it. Yeah. He seems pretty stoked about it. Like he seems like, you know, he's writing a book and whatever. So yeah, maybe let's make, kind of let's, cool. let's do a bonus episode with him. We'll call right. him up. We'll talk to him. We'll see what happens. And hope oh, yeah. we don't get possessed. Well, okay. I mean, I would All right. I know you this mean, one's a little bit again. <laughs> this is going to be a little bit longer of an episode, obviously, because we're already, we're already freaking 12 minutes, minutes in. in. <laughs> so sorry about that. It's not normally like that, but I wanted to read that yeah. amazing message. Yeah, yeah. So let's turn down the lights. Okay. Adjust our seats. Yep. All right. Hold on. Let me wait before you do that. Yeah. Let me make sure I'm in the right spot yeah, so yeah, I don't look like an idiot. Again. More than more. I already do. Yeah. There you go. All right. Go ahead. Let's grab a drink today. Yeah. It's uh, coffee for me because it's early. It's like yeah. noon. Already. Happy Labor Day, by the way. Yes. Yeah, woo. yeah. If yeah. you're working, um, well, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> and let's get spooky. But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. Hopefully you're getting hyped up listening to this. You're yeah, in a good mood. You're off work right now and you're listening. Yeah. And if you're not off work, we hope you're getting triple time pay for it. Yeah. Also, can I take this moment to apologize to my wife and children for leaving them at the campground to come and record the show? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Love you. Today we are taking a cross-country train ride to the Ooh. great state of Colorado here in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. On a side note, yeah. fuck John Elway for crushing oh, our childhood hopes and dreams. Bastard. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and look it up. What was it, 1984? Drive. Was it 84? No. What year was or was that? that the fumble? That was the, no, that was the drive. That was the drive. That yeah, was the yeah. drive, yeah. The fumble was against... 
Was that against Denver, too, though? It might have been. Fuck Denver! <laughs> God, the fucking Broncos? Anyway, yeah, off to Colorado we go, and yes, <laughs> it's for the weed. Ooh, well, partly. Yeah. No, partly, oh. partly. It's also to visit oh. a landmark known to scores of horror movie fans the oh. world over, the Stanley Hotel. Why, you ask? Because it's creepy, possibly haunted, and because we can do whatever the fuck we want. Yes. <laughs> it is our show, and we're going to laugh if we want to. Even if, even if we do get snowed by it's our local... It's podcast, <laughs> and we'll laugh if we want to. Laugh if we want to. <laughs> you would laugh, too, if you weren't a shithead. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, even if we do get snubbed by our local entertainment paper for best local podcast. Oh, you motherfuckers. Yeah, they, we weren't even in there. We weren't even, oh. like, I don't even, I just, I don't, yeah, know, whatever. I don't want to get into it. I'm not going to get into that. But anyway, we digress. It's Today's gonna be, episode. Just, it's going to go on the bottom of a bird cage. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt for a while. I'm going to use that as litter for. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode is about a hotel, but it starts with a man, Freeland Oscar Stanley. And with that, we dig into the history and creepiness of the Stanley Hotel. You guys know how we do it. We throw the nerd stuff at you first. What? Is it a hotel, a motel? Holiday Inn, <laughs> say what? <laughs> Freeland Oscar Stanley was born along with his twin brother, Francis Edgar Stanley, on June 1st, 1849 in Kingfield, Maine. I wonder who was older. I didn't find that. Oh, I don't know. It says twin, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, one of them has to be older, though. Well, they can't come out at once. (laughs) (laughs) Poor mom. Poor lady. (laughs) Although their family was not wealthy, education was highly valued, and knowledge of science, poetry, and music were encouraged from a young age. In 1859, at the age of nine, Freeland and Francis started their first business together, refining and selling maple sugar. Pretty cool. Nice. At 11, their great uncle, Liberty Stanley. That's an amazing name. Liberty Stanley. Can I just say, if you do a little bit of research into this family, their fucking names are, like, incredible. I mean, Liberty Stanley? Dude, they named, like, there's, there's like, a Ulysses Grant Stanley. There's, like, a fuck. They named, like, everybody after... Like, most of the people in the family were named after historical figures. That's amazing. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Liberty, Stan- Li- yeah, Liberty Stanley, who had raised their uh, father as his own son, taught them the art of violin making. Ooh. That is awesome, first yeah. and foremost. I By know the- there's a, uh, there's a, in Maine, they have what they, I think they said it's possibly the first one he ever made. Oh, no shit. In like a museum, yeah. That'd be cool yeah. to see, yeah. And uh, by the age of 16, Freeland had completed three instruments. In 1883, Francis developed a machine that coated dry uh, photographic plates. Um, by the age of 16, have either of, you, either of you guys ever like actually built a piece of equipment? Yes. Yep. Um, a musical piece of equipment? Yes. You lying sack of horseshit. I've taken I'll, a rubber I'll band look. and put it on a cardboard box and is, made a guitar. Yeah. What are you talking about, dude? I'm not talking to you. I, I have done... <laughs> Like from when I was zero to sixteen, I did <laughs> I did about absolutely zero, and then from sixteen till now, You've done. I've done about the same. Okay, at least you're possibly consi- less. You're consistent. Possibly less. Yeah, yeah, you've done you're, negative. Yeah, you're consistent. <laughs> You've done negative stuff. <laughs> I mean, I went back in time. Most That's things. How lazy most I things I do are negative. <laughs> so. After receiving a patent for their process, the brothers set up a factory in Newton, Massachusetts to manufacture the plates. This is where they've made all their money, pretty much. This nice. is how everything started with them. Yeah, they became very wealthy. Yeah, you'll see why in a second. Yeah, in the summer of 1897, they attended a local fair where they witnessed a French inventor demonstrate his steam-driven car. Oh. Apparently impelled by his wife's inability to, <laughs> inability to ride a bicycle, Francis <laughs> vowed to build something that his wife could ride. <laughs> so awesome. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> the French inventor. The French inventor. Oh, uh, oui, oui. Perhaps I know this guy. Do you know him? I don't know. What is his name? Is his name in there? It does not say. Well, he must not have been that important then. That means I probably know him then. You probably do. Yes. Because you don't know anybody important. It is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so the French inventor steam car was the driving force. Get it? Oh. Francis needed. Uh -huh. After the fair, the brothers began to develop a steam car of their own. The brothers Ooh. formed a car company in 1898 and produced their first steam car, which was dubbed the Flying Teapot. Not the greatest name in the world. No offense. I love it. The Flying Teapot. I think it's great, dude. You get in the horn when you hit it. Sounds it. like a shitty wrestling move. <laughs> the flying teapot. You get in the car and you hit the horn and it goes, I'm a little teapot. <laughs> like some like some wrestler, his name, he's like the Mad Hatter. And his finisher is the flying teapot. Coming out now, <laughs> wing 275 pounds from Cleveland, Ohio, with his famous move, the flying teapot. It's the Mad Hatter. Yay! <laughs> I was going to hit the applause button. You but can't I'm read it. Wrong, yeah, I'm on the wrong bank. Yeah. Oh, okay. An instant success, the car was easy to run and achieved a top speed of 35 miles per hour or 56 kilometers per hour for those of you that are far smarter than we are. That's trucking, dude. Yeah. Quite fast for the turn of the century. Its major drawback was the need to stop every 10 miles or so to refill the boiler. It had a fucking boiler on it. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's a steam-powered car. Oh, boiler. <laughs> oh, boiler. That's so funny. You know what? Hold on a second. Just uh, for that, damn it. it really, I'm going to actually get up. I have to wait for this. this. Nope, moving on. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> The brothers sold their company after only a few months, but Ooh. they returned to the business of making cars in 1902 when they formed the Stanley Motor Carriage Company. They staged various events to publicize their steam cars, including racing up mountains and racing against gas-powered cars. Yeah, they eventually, set all kinds of records. Yeah. Eventually, the Stanley sold their photographic plate business to George Eastman and concentrated on the manufacture of their steam cars, which uh, came to be known unofficially as Stanley Steamers. And if you don't know who George Eastman is... Is he related to Eastman George Kodak. Westman? Oh. Oh. Gotcha. Ooh, so he became Kodak. So, oh, they got yeah. Kodak money is yeah, what you're they saying. they got Kodak money. Oh, bro. boy. Oh, they got Eastman Kodak money. That's money. That's where they made their money. Nice. And Stanley Steamers is not to be confused with the, the Cleveland carpet Steamers. Cleaner. The what? carpet cleaner either. Right. Right. Which I thought it was for the longest time, I swear to God. I mean, it might have something to do with it. I yeah, don't know. I don't know. So the brothers continued to build race-winning steam-powered cars. In 1906, one of their cars, the Rocket, driven by Stanley employee Fred Marriott, set the world's record for the fastest mile, 28.2 seconds, Damn. which is a speed of more than 127 miles per hour. In 1908. In, 19 in a steam-powered car. 1906. Yeah, 1906. In a steam-powered car. Yeah. That's fucking impressive. I wonder if it, like, whistled the entire way. Yeah. <laughs> Like a teapot? Like yeah. a teapot. That was, that's why, do you get it now? Why yes. they call it the flying teapot? Yes, I get it. it oh, because it probably did. Ah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> fucking face. And you could probably make tea in it. A <laughs> <laughs> little valve on it. Be careful not to burn yourself. Yes. You ever tried to drink tea at 30 miles an hour? <laughs> or 127 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> fuck. It's just flying out of the cup like, ah, fuck. Like, listen, it, it, that's a pretty incredible feat to begin with in 1906. Dude, but, if, yeah. but if he did it while drinking tea, 
making tea. Just like, <laughs> oh, okay, just flying down the straightaway. Like, He's just like, it's Earl Grey. <laughs> I'll tell you though, you'd be holding it. And it would just be flying out because the wind <laughs> just, would be sucking out. The, it. Ah. He's just, oh, he's like. Ah. I'm trying to catch it. So in 1918, unfortunately, Francis was killed while driving one of his automobiles. He swerved to avoid an obstruction on a mountain road and plunged down an embankment near Ipswich, Massachusetts. Yes. Not a good way to die. you call me Francis, I'll kill you. (laughs) What? What is that from? Stripes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you call me Francis, I'll kill you. And I'll kill you. Let me guess. You'll kill us? Calm down, Francis. <laughs> yeah, the, the, calm down, Francis. At the time of his death, the Stanley Motor Company had suspended automobile production to manufacture engines to pump out Allied trenches during World War One, which is awesome. Nice. Yeah, After yeah. the war, Henry Ford's Model T soon came to dominate the American uh, automobile industry. Which, by the way, I've heard lots of stories of Henry Ford. Like he was a pretty cutthroat dude. Yeah, a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. he was a dick. You had to be yeah. back then, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Developments in gas-powered engines and the limitations of steam cars signaled the end of the steam auto era. The Stanley Motor Carriage Company ceased production in 1924. So in 1903, at the age of 54, Stanley was stricken with a life-threatening resurgence of tuberculosis. That good old TB that seems to pop up in every fucking thing we do. Like, Jesus. Hey, look, when you do historical things. I guess. TB's everywhere. It is. It ran rampant. I mean, what are you going to do, you know? Not get TB, I hope. Well, yep. you yeah. know. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so the most highly recommended treatment of the day was fresh, dry air with lots of sunlight and a hearty diet, which we've talked about before with uh, some of the asylums some of the and asylums, stuff. Yeah. They opened everything up because they wanted you to get that fresh air. Yeah. Yeah. Because what else is going to cure you other than fresh air? I mean, read on, bro. I know, I there, know. there might be something to it. There, there, there has to be. There might be. Therefore, like many lungers of his day, he resolved to take the curative air of Rocky Mountain, Colorado. He and Flora, that's his wife. Or that's the one who couldn't ride a fucking bicycle. Couldn't ride a bicycle. <laughs> well, to be fair, she probably had one of those ones with the giant front wheels. The big wheel in the front. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Her dress kept getting caught in that fucker. Well, they arrived in Denver in March and were followed shortly by his Stanley runabout, which was shipped by train. After one night at the famous Brown Palace Hotel, Stanley arranged an appointment with Dr. Charles Bonney, the preeminent American expert. What? The Brown Palace. The Brown (laughs) Palace. So anyway, he called this doctor, who is an American expert in disease. Dr. Bonney, a great advocate for home treatment, recommended to leave the hotel, that he leave, that uh, our boy here leaves the hotel, for a rented house at the first possible convenience. (laughs) Stanley spent the remainder of the winter at uh, 1401 Gilpin Street, but when his symptoms had not improved by June, he was determined to, uh, to summer in the Colorado mountains. Bonnie recommended Estes Park, whose climate he compared with that of Davos, Switzerland, a posh resort for European tuberculetics. Oh, very nice. Yes, and I, but I'm assuming that's the word for people with tuberculosis. I'm just picturing like a really, really nice like health spa with people just fucking walking around coughing and hacking <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Hello, Margaret. How, <clears throat> how are you today? <laughs> oh, I'm great, James. <clears throat> yeah, not funny making fun of tuberculosis, but well, know. no, but that's like it's you get. It's been long enough. We're fine. <laughs> All right. Too, too soon. <laughs> yeah. It's only been 150 years. Whatever. Shit, no more than that, right? Yeah, but uh, whatever. Anyway. Gives a fuck. Yeah. On June 29th, Stanley saw Flora off by train and stagecoach while he set out in his steam car. Having gotten lost and spent the night in Boulder, Stanley arrived a day later on June 30th. During the first summer, the couple stayed in a primitive cabin rented to them by owners of the Elkhorn Lodge. Over the course of the warm season, Stanley's health improved dramatically. Impressed by the beauty of the valley and grateful for his recovery, he decided to return every year. 
By the end of the summer of 1903, Stanley had acquired property in Estes Park and, with the help of English architect Henry Lord Cornwallis Rogers, <laughs> that's amazing. So his name's Henry Rogers. And, and apparently someone, his nickname is Lord Cornwallis. Someone started yeah, Lord Cornwallis. <laughs> Your names for now on, Mr. Moody, is going to be Duke Fingerpuller. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that at all. Doesn't matter. I gave it to you. It's stuck. <laughs> Your name tag will be here on Monday. <laughs> ah, you've already got your shirts ordered. That's right. Shirts are already done. <laughs> so anyway, this Lord Cornwallis guy who the Stanleys had recently met, he began the construction of Rockside, his home in Colorado. Completed in 1904. That's the Stanley home, by the way. Completed in 1904, the Stanley cottage was built with four bedrooms, gracious living areas, uh, and a modern kitchen so that Flora... Uh, could actually entertain summer guests because they oh. were all they were socialites. Yeah, they were absolutely like super socialites. By 1907, Stanley had all but recovered, which is awesome, and we can make fun of him for coughing now. There you go. There's right. some to that fresh mountain air, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that fresh mountain air, fresh, yeah, fresh. And he returned to Newton for the winter rather than Denver. Okay, because Denver probably gonna be cold as fuck. And fuck John Elway. Yeah, and fuck John Elway. The Broncos. Yeah. Fuck the Broncos. Right. Fuck John Elway. Right. I'm going to Estes Park. Right. Absolutely. Fuck him. Yeah. If you're listening and you're in Denver, we like you. We just don't like the Broncos. Right. Yeah. Like Elway. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck him. Yeah. And his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Big horse tooth motherfucker. <laughs> We're only salty because they fucking knocked us out of the freaking Super Bowl running. Yeah, yeah. But just remember, they knocked us out and then they signed Tim Tebow to be their quarterback. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. And by the way, every time I see like Denver in here, all I keep thinking is, man, that John Denver's full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I know. All I know. Right. Yeah, I know. <laughs> However, he in Florida, uh, Florida, Florida, <laughs> Florida, my name is Florida, had become enamored with the beauty of the Colorado mountains, often comparing them in speeches with those rock ribbed hills, ancient as the son of William Cullen Bryant's poem, Thanatopsis. Thanopsis. Then Thanatopsis. It's Thanos. Thanatopsis. Thanos thesis. Thanos' thesis? Thanos' thesis. Is that the snap? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> it's Thana Thanatopsis. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah, that's what he's been saying, dude. You're not paying attention? Not content with the rustic accommodations, <laughs> lazy pastimes, and relaxed social scene of their new home, Stanley oh, resolved great. to turn... I know, that sounds great to me. He uh, decided to turn uh, Estes Park into a resort town. Of course he would. In 1907, construction began in the, on the Hotel Stanley, a is. grand hotel catering to the class of wealthy urbanites who composed oh. the Stanley Social Circle in Newton. To power the new hotel, Stanley constructed the Fall River Hydro Plant. This dude, paid, yeah. this dude paid to have a fucking hydro plant. So no. awesome. And again, this is 1909, yeah. um, to power, yeah. uh, so it, which consistently brought electricity to Estes Park for the first uh, time. It's actually consequently. And th that's what I said. No. What did I say? You said consistently. Well, same thing. In 1909, <laughs> no, their 100-room no <laughs> <laughs> East Coast colonial-style house was unveiled, equipped with running water. Remember, this is 1909. Electricity and telephones. The only amenity... Only seven numbers. <laughs> Remember? How, uh, can you call the, the, the other room? Which room? <laughs> Two. <laughs> Boop. Two. <laughs> I'm sorry. You've reached three. No, I'm sorry. Ow. I was looking for two. Yes. <laughs> Can you knock on the wall? <laughs> <laughs> the only amenity the hotel lacked was heat. 
as the hotel was designed as a summer resort, which hey, makes sense. It makes sense in, sure. in two ways. First of all, it's a summer resort and you want those the doors open and stuff like yeah. that. You know how much money they're saving on heating a 100 room fucking hotel? Especially in 1909. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, and, and boilers, not having to put boilers in and shit like that. Like, But I mean, if anyone knew how to do boilers, it's this fucking guy. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's still yeah. he could just, money. He could have just put like 50 of those cars in the basement. <laughs> Remember all those old cars? Put them in the basement. It'll heat the whole place. <laughs> Where's the fucking teapot? <laughs> a two-third scaled down second lodge was finished a year later. While this might seem ambitious, it's worth noting the top floor was dedicated dedicated exclusively to children and nannies. Okay. That's <laughs> because all those people were like, I'm vacationing. I don't want my fucking kids right. around me. Yes. Mildred, take the kids and go upstairs. Send them upstairs. Yes. We don't want At least to. It wasn't the basement. <laughs> we don't want to see them for the next. How long are we here? <laughs> week, week and a half, right? Right. Bobby, I love you. See you in a year. Anyway. So, and by the way, I guess it was just one big, huge fucking room, too. From what I was reading through and stuff like that. The yeah, top floor. it was like a big, like, common kind yeah, of area. Yeah, it just seemed like big fucking yeah. room. So the buildings were designed by F.O. Stanley with the professional assistance of Denver architect T. Robert Weiger, Henry Lord Cornwallis Rogers again, and contractor Frank Kirchhoff. The site was chosen for its vantage overlooking the Estes Valley and Long's Peak within oh. the National Park. It mm. is beautiful. If you look at pictures oh, of, yeah. of the surrounding area. Dude, I love that area, man. Yeah, oh, my God. Nice. My favorite out there is uh, Colorado Springs. Colorado yeah. Springs is nice. It's so nice. It's very beautiful. It's so nice. It's so nice. It's very nice. The main building, concert hall, and manor house are steel frame uh, structures on foundations of random rubber, rubber, <laughs> rubble, granite with clapboard siding and asphalt shingle roof. Okay. So it's what they had at the time. Yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. That was probably like really nice at the right. time. Right. Like, Originally, Stanley chose a yellow ochre color for the oh. building's ex- exteriors, which just looks like baby shit. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I love ochre. With white accents and trim. Every guest room had a telephone and each. Um, pair of rooms shared in ensuite bathroom with running water supplied by Black Canyon Creek, which had been dammed in 1906. Ensuite. Yeah. I like all the posh words in this one, by the way. So you had to share your bathroom. Yeah, you had, to, you had to. You had to share a bathroom with a perfect stranger. Yes. Yes, perfect stranger. Oh, Balky? <laughs> Cousin Larry! <laughs> I don't even, like, he's great, that, but the every time I think about that dude, it's just Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Which is the, the same get character. The fuck out of here. No, you get the fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty much the same character, yeah, let's be honest. Guy. Whatever happened to that dude? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. He sorry. was in a Stephen King movie, actually. Oh. It was a really shitty miniseries, The Tommy Knockers. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was like really bad fucking CGI at the time. <laughs> sounds, <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah. yeah. He was in that. So anyway, every guest, uh, again, they shared stuff and did whatever, especially the bathroom. So the floor plan of the main hotel, completed in 1909, was laid out to accommodate the various activities popular with the American upper class at the turn of the 20th century, and the spaces were decorated accordingly. So they just sat around making fun of poor people? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Where are the children? (laughs) I bet they're with their parents, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just imagine that's how they all laugh. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so the music room, okay, for instance, with its cream-colored walls, originally green and white, picture windows, and fine classical plaster oh. work, was designed for letter writing during the day and chamber music at night. Cultured purists perceived as feminine. So if you were to write letters and listen to orchestral music, that's a feminine thing. That's for women, right? That's what the women folk do. 
I guess. Right? I That's know. what they're saying. Sure. And it actually goes into detail a little bit more on that. On the other hand, the smoking lounge. Ah, yes, the smoking lounge. Today, the pignon room oh. and adjoining billiard room with their oh, dark stained nice. wood elements and granite art, granite, granite arch fireplace were de- designated for enjoyment by male guests. That's right, men folk. We smoke cigars, drink whiskey, and play freaking pool. That's when- exactly what you do. Uh, it's billiards. That is exactly what I do. I mean, it makes sense, right? What do you do? Do you listen to orchestra music and write letters? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> ah, Stanley himself, having been raised in a conservative household and having recovered from a serious lung disease, did not smoke cigars or drink alcohol. But these were essential after-dinner activities for most men at the time. Billiards, however, was among Stanley's most cherished pastimes. Oh, so he liked, he liked smacking around the old nine ball. Yes. Who doesn't? (laughs) (laughs) With no central heating or ventilation system, the structure was designed to facilitate natural airflow, which is awesome. Which is like the tuberculosis hospital. Right. The Palladian window at the top of the grand stair could be opened to induce a cross breeze through the lobby. French doors in all the public spaces open into verandas, and two curving staircases connecting the guest corridors prevent uh, stagnant air in the upper floors. Every time I hear verandas. Veranda. I want you to go back real fast and think of the movie Spies Like Us. Mm. Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd. I love that movie, yeah. yeah. Dan Aykroyd. No, it was Chevy Chase in the very beginning. He's at the FBI place, and remember, he was trying out to become a spy. Yeah. yeah. And he's sitting there watching a movie yeah. that was um, Ronald Reagan and Bubbles. He, had, I think it was Bubbles. The, the no, Chimp? I don't know if his... No, no Bubbles was Michael Jackson's movie. Right, so anyway, his he had one. <laughs> it might have been Bozo or something like that. I don't remember. I think it was, yeah. But all of a sudden... Bonzo? And I forget, maybe, maybe Bonzo. But anyway, in it, it's an old 50s movie, and they're like, <clears throat> um, said something about kiss them in the veranda or something like that, and he pops up and says it, Ronald Reagan does. And Chevy Chase is sitting there, like, eating with headphones on, laughing while his uh, dude next to him is looking at him like, are you going to do the test? <laughs> so every time, I don't know, that's really meandering off the topic right here. I'm sorry, but every time I hear veranda, veranda. kiss them in the veranda or something like that, I don't remember, but I go back to, anyway, I digress. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, folks. That's what we do. You know that. Anyway. So although the main hotel is now heated in the winter, oh. guests still depend on natural ventilation for cooling in the summer. Very nice. Within a few years of opening, a hydraulic elevator was put in operation. in nineteen. Fucking elevator? An elevator. And they got everything. Elevator go up the hole. Elevator go down the hole. In 1916, the east wing of the main building was extended in the rear, adding several guest rooms. Oh. Around this time, the alcove of the music room was added. In 1921, a rear veranda <laughs> sorry, was enclosed, forming a room that currently serves as a gift shop. <laughs> around, oh, I'm sorry, I lost my spot. Around this time, the uh, it was added, whatever, around 1935, the hydraulic elevator system was replaced with a cable-operated system and extended to the fourth floor, necessitating the addition of a second cupola. Cupola? Cupola. Cupola? And we've, we've, it's cupola. Francis Ford? Yes, Francis Ford Cupola. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's basically the little pitch thing that goes on top that looks, it's got like a, it's like its own little, yeah, it looks yeah. like a bell tower almost. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I had to look that up again, even though we talked about it in another episode. Did we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Anyway, so they did that, to, you know, to house the mechanical apparatus. Yeah, you gotta have something. Yeah. Originally yeah. a huh, porte cochere. Oh, yes, yes. Or a covered entrance large enough for vehicles to pass through. Oh, the porte cochere. See what I did there? Yeah. Anyway, it's just a big fucking door. It's a gate. <laughs> it's a, yeah. It's a big entryway yeah. that you drive through when you, yeah. Right. It extended from the central bay of the front porch, but this was removed when the South Terrace was converted into a parking lot in uh, in 1983. Oh, no. Uh, no, I'm sorry. 
I read that wrong. In, in a tour parking lot. Then in 1983, a service tunnel was excavated, connecting the basement level corridor to the staff entrance. That's uh, awesome. Right. It is cut directly through the living granite on which the hotel rests. The concert hall east of the hotel was built by Stanley in 1909 with the assistance of our boy, Lord Cornwallis, the same architect who designed his summer cottage. According to popular legend, it was built by F.O. Stanley as a gift for his wife, Flora. The interior is decorated in the same manner as the music room in the main hotel and vaguely resembles that of the Boston Symphony Hall. Hm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Huh. With which the Stanleys would have been familiar, but of course they were. Oh, sure. Yes, yeah. the Boston Symphony Hall is my favorite of all symphony halls. I mean, is there any other? I mean, have you been to Cleveland Symphony Hall? It's not bad, actually. Oh, I haven't. It's I don't pretty know. pretty good. Is it? Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the stage features a trap door used for theatrical entrances and exits. The lower level once housed a two-lane bowling alley, which was removed during the ownership of Maxwell Abel. Or what Abel, whatever. It possibly resembled the bowling alley at the Stanley's Honeywell Club in Newton. Pictures of which are archived in the Newton Free Library. Oh, good, good. The hall then underwent extensive repair and renovation in the 2000s. Once called Stanley Manor, this smaller hotel, that's the other one he had built, yes. between the main structure and the concert hall, again, is two-thirds scaled-down version of the main hotel, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unlike its model, the manor was fully heated from completion in 1910, which may indicate that Stanley planned to use it as a winter resort when the main building was closed for the season. Yeah, so he's smart. a smaller resort, right. and a few more people stay. Wouldn't cost as much to heat. And, Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah. However, unlike many other Colorado mountain towns now famous for the winter sports, Estes Park never attracted off-season visitors in Stanley's day, and the manor remained empty for much of the year. Boo. Today, it is called the Lodge and serves as a bed and breakfast that is off-limits to the public. Yes. Well, you, what the fuck is it there yeah. for, then? To bring guests from the nearest train depot in the foothills towns of Lyons, Colorado, Stanley's car company produced a fleet of specially designed steam-powered vehicles called mountain wagons that seated multiple passengers. So I'm assuming, anyway, going back to the, the not to the public, uh, I'm assuming it's by invitation only? Well, where the fuck is my invitation? In the mail. <laughs> With your new name tag. It's coming. <laughs> and my shirts. <laughs> and your shirts, yes. Um, upon opening, the hotel was alleged to be one of the few in the world powered entirely by electricity. Boom. However, lack of available power induced the inst installation of an auxiliary gas lighting system in June of 1911. On June 25th, the day after the pipes had been filled, yikes, an explosion occurred that injured a maid and damaged the structure, though can, uh, contemporary newspaper articles differ on certain details. An article from a newspaper at the time started uh, stated the following here, and this is kind of funny how they are so different, mm -hmm. like the two different like, articles. I wanted to put them in yeah, there. Yeah. So this first one says... Plus, I just want to hear you say yeah. the word. <laughs> yeah, damn it. This one says, quote, <laughs> The Stanley Hotel, built at a cost of 500000 was partly wrecked last night by an explosion of gas. Eight persons were injured, one seriously. None of the guests were injured. Elizabeth Wilson of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a hotel employee, was hurled from the second floor, second to the first floor, and both ankles were broken. The other seven are Negro waiters. Wow. I just love making you uncomfortable. That yeah, it makes me uncomfortable. Ugh. Which I guess, I guess it's uh, moving on. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> don't like that. Anyway, when the Lancaster paper reprinted the story, the editor noted that Elizabeth Wilson's name did not appear in local directories, and she could not be identified as Lancastrian. Okay, so they were like, oh wait, of all the things he said, she's not from Lancaster. 
You can keep the, uh, the other thing in there, though. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Similar accounts in local Colorado papers give the maid's name as Elizabeth Lambert and convey various dramatic details that are not confirmed by other articles. The most comprehensive and detailed article on the incident appeared on June 29th in the Fort Collins Express and seems to be the most accurate, positively refuting that the maid had been, quote, hurled from the second to the first floor. Uh, the article said that this is the, the their incident they're claiming here. Quote, the chambermaid, Lizzie Leitenberger, totally different person. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Elizabeth is the least, right? Oh, uh, yeah, Elizabeth. I guess. Yeah. Leitenberger, though? No, that's way off. Yeah. Had both ankles broken. It is thought from the concussion of the explosion and was thrown into a hole in the floor. She was not, however, thrown th through into the dining room, being caught by the timbers and held until rescued. She was taken to a <laughs> hospital like in Longmont. Hang in there. <laughs> she had been in the employ of the hotel ever since it was built and came here from Philadelphia. So just all kinds of conflicting reports. Yeah. And hey, and they didn't put the other stuff in. So oh, that's good. Too. Yeah, it seems nice. Yeah, thanks, guys. Well, there's a reason for that if you read the rest of it. Oh, means, boy. Uh... The only other injuries mentioned in the article were as follows. Quote, two waiters also sustained slight injuries, one suffering a dislocated hip and the other being struck across the face by a pl flying plank. Neither of these, however, is in serious condition. They didn't add that little part, though. Yeah, they just, said they just called them waiters. That's good. That's nice. I'm good. Good on that. <clears throat> just, we don't have to. Jesus, anyway. <laughs> What's he got to do with it? <laughs> Stanley operated the hotel almost as a pastime, <laughs> remarking once that he spent more money than he made each summer. It was an invite-only gathering place for friends, and Hotman, wait, ho, huh, Homon, ah, I had this word too, Omond, that's it. Uh, at the time, uh, it's H-A-U-T. Hotmondi? No. <laughs> is it Pamanda? It's Omond. Hotmondi. And meaning for fashionable society. Ooh. Yes. So, you know, this podcast is most definitely meant for the Omond. No. Right. <laughs> or the exact fucking opposite. Anyway, the bougie, bougie bastards up here. John hey, Philip Sousa. Hey, just remember, there's more of us than there are. That's there. right. There's more ugly people than there are pretty ones. So the renowned former U.S. military composer, John Philip Sousa, directed the band at the house's opening, which is pretty cool. His, this is fucked up, by the way. <laughs> I started laughing. I read this, and I, I was like, wait, what? And I had to reread it, and then I just started laughing. I'm like, wow. His autograph on the bottom of Flora's piano, which Sousa actually tuned himself was mistaken by graffiti or as graffiti by a tuner in the 1990s and fucking removed. They took off John Philip Sousa's fucking signature. <laughs> that thing would have been worth so much money. Can not that you, it's not now. Can you imagine that guy like when he realized when they were like they were like, "Oh man, this sounds great. That hey, where the uh, where old Sousa's autograph go?" <laughs> He's like <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't see it there. Yeah, I, somebody, I, I wasn't somebody must here. have. Uh, uh, I'm gonna go. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you like it. Uh, it sounds great. I'll see you guys. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about paying me. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just this going, one's free. This one's on the house. Yeah, pro bono for you. Yeah, yeah. Please don't kill me. <laughs> Harry Houdini, the infamous Ooh. magician, performed yeah. in the ornate concert hall. The trap door he used for his Very famous nice. escape act still exists on stage. And while the men shot, pool, and drank, the women would gather for various letter-writing campaigns. The okay. Whiskey Bar, okay. now now one of the state's largest whiskey bars, which is amazing, wow. provided a common ground between the sexes. So you had your different areas. You had your, your writing room, and you had your, your smoke billiard room. And then in between, in everyone between, got fucked up. And fucking drank that whiskey. I like it. Oh, it's so good. Love it. Whatever happened to those days? Um, People happened those yeah, days. I guess so. Yeah. Like, whatever happened to the day where you just, like, you hang out with your friends, your wife hangs out with her friends, and then you all get together and drink whiskey. We should start that back up. Can we do that? Can we start, like, a movement? Maybe. To do that? 
I mean, we'd have to not do it exactly how they did it because that's some sexist shit the way they're talking about it. But well, shouldn't it be? No. What do you mean? They get to drink whiskey. I know. Okay. Yeah, that's very sexy. Why? What? What? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> In 1930, Freeland sold the buildings to a corporation who transformed the property into a hotel. With the nearby national park still growing, their success was minimal. After attempts at a revival, the property was sold to John Cullen in the mid-1990s. He's probably the guy that found the fucking... <laughs> He's like, okay, listen, the only reason I'm buying this hotel is because John Philip Sousa's um, <laughs> signature is on that that piano in there, okay? Now, listen, do we the have a deal? brought in yeah. fucking... <laughs> yeah. We have a deal, right? He's like, yes, of course, of course, because it makes it worth so much more. Yeah. Great. Now, I have a guy that's really good at, like, cleaning pianos. Yes. <laughs> he tunes and cleans them. It's wonderful. <laughs> Budgets were so stretched that at the time of the sale, the turndown service consisted of the top bed duvet being placed on nails across the window because they couldn't afford drapes. So, like, we've all been broke before. Mm-hmm. You needed a curtain. Yeah. So you just take it and put up a couple nails and put it over your window. What do you mean by broke before? Okay, so you still have these. Yes. I, I can't afford sheets <laughs> to put on the windows. <laughs> you know what you could use? The fucking newspaper that didn't fucking help us out. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, there you go. Good fucking lousy, work for that, you lousy, fucking fucks. Lousy fucks. Just kidding if they happen to know who we are. <laughs> so uh, real quick, I did want to say uh, in between there, I guess it that the, uh, the property changed hands a bunch of times. Um, and like after he sold it, after Freeman sold it the first time, they tried to turn it into a hotel and it didn't work very well. And a couple of years later, they uh, basically got foreclosed on. Okay. And uh, Freeland brought, bought it again. So he owned it again for another couple of years and then he sold it again. And okay. after that, it was like just like a string of owners and the place just kind of went to shit after a while. So it just like how many do you know how many people like it went back and forth through? Uh, there's a list somewhere. I believe there was probably up until present day, maybe like eight or nine. Oh, no shit. From the second time he sold it to like present day. I think there was like probably like seven between seven and nine. And nobody can make it work, huh? Not for a long time. Wow. So this part coming up here is pretty awesome. We're going to start getting into the cool shit here. Not that everything this is that what we basically brought the hotel right. back. Not that everything we've been talking about. Because, I mean, do think about it. This guy is... The guy had an amazing life. Yeah. Like invented some fucking really cool shit. So anyway. Yeah. His dad was Liberty. Right. <laughs> liberty, Liberty, Liberty. <laughs> that, that's actually a fucking car place around yeah. here. And no, that's, it's, uh, it's insurance. Yes, it's insurance. Oh, it's insurance. Mutual. Liberty Mutual. Liberty no, there's Mutual. a Liberty Ford around here. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. that's the Liberty's in Seoul and <laughs> Bed- Heights. <laughs> Parma Heights. Brunswick. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's the local one I was yeah. thinking of. So the hotel was not really in a great place for a while. Mm-hmm. That would change thanks in part to someone we've talked about before. Um, this really fucking weird guy named Stephen fucking King. Oh, hey, I know that guy. Yeah. Heard yeah. of him? I'm yeah. not familiar. You know? You never no. heard of him? Oh, okay. Do I know him? He was uh he wrote a couple books. Oh, uh, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Never mind. Know. yeah, no, you don't know. Okay, yeah. anyway. So King has told the story many times over the years. And by the way, if you're not familiar with Stephen King, please go back and listen to our episode on Stephen King. Who's that? We did an episode on this guy? Yes, we did an episode. Anyway, moving on. What was his name? Um, Stephen King. Do you? Logan, do you? Um, it was, it was, he, was he a Duke of Finger, Finger Bum as well, too? 
Finger, finger, finger pull. Oh, finger pull. Oh, yeah, that guy. Finger bum is way better. <laughs> well, I got to call and change that name tag. <laughs> finger bum. <laughs> weird, weird. That's a shirt. Oh, Write Jesus. that down. <laughs> Just like. Hello, yes. Hello, I'm Duke of Finger Bum. Welcome. Anyway. <laughs> So King has told the story many times over the years. In 1977, in a 1977 interview by the Literary uh, Guild, King recounted, quote, while we were living in Boulder, we heard about this terrific old mountain resort hotel and decided to give it a try. But when we arrived, they were just getting ready to to close for the season, and we found ourselves the only guests in the place (laughs) with all those long, empty corridors. So think about that. Think how big this place is. And you're the only only one. You know what I mean? Which gives credence to what he ends up writing. I'm the only one. Yeah, Creedence. Wow. <laughs> that was good. The revival. You liked it? Who walk across the fire <laughs> for you. Dude, Melissa Etheridge is the shit. Yeah, loved her. Anyway. Yes. Lo- love her. I don't think she's dead. Anyway, uh, King and his wife were... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, whatever. King and his wife were served dinner in an empty dining room accompanied by canned uh, orchestral music. Quote, except for our table, on uh, uh, all the chairs were up on, on tables. So except for theirs. Yeah. So the music is echoing down the hall. And I mean, it was like God had put me there to hear that and see those things. And by the time I went to bed that night, I had the whole book, The Shining, in my mind. So that's pretty awesome. That's where he got the freaking, you yeah. know what I mean? The whole yeah, there's, there, yeah. yeah, there's he tells some more stuff that's pretty cool, too. In another retelling, King said, um, quote, I dreamed of my three-year-old son running through the corridors, looking back over his shoulder, eyes wide, screaming. He was being chased by a fire hose. I woke up with a tremendous jerk, sweating all over, with an inch of falling out of bed. I got up, lit a cigarette, lit a cigarette sat in a chair, looking out the window at the Rockies, and by the time the cigarette was done, I had the bones of The Shining firmly set in my mind fucking awesome mm. so good awesome good stuff man not only is it one of his best books he's ever written mm-hmm. that's great but the movie they made off of it was one of the best movie horror movies of even, its time even though stephen king actually doesn't like that movie right which is weird the book is way better oh yeah the book the book's great dude i'm telling you and we've talked about it before like um um what is it the book um christine mm-hmm. yeah it's fantastic the yeah. movie i like the movie too they're redoing that one yeah. ah, really yeah Mm. Don't like redos. We discuss this all the time. Stop doing re. Is it a, like a reboot? No, it's a remake. Yeah, fucking hell. In the front matter of the book, King tactfully states, "Quote: Some of the most beautiful resort hotels in the world are located in Colorado, but the hotel in these pages is based on none of them. The overlook and the people associated with it exist wholly in the author's imagination." So, was he saying that basically because he didn't want? So he stayed at the hotel and got the the vision. Yeah, for that. I don't. That that part kind of threw me. Did he just not want to like you know infringe on the hotel and get people freaked out about it? Maybe, maybe so they wouldn't think that the hotel was haunted and like they like get defamation or, or defamation or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like uh, saying, oh yeah, it was. And then the people are like, well, I'm not fucking going there. Yeah, <clears throat> oh, unless you're us. Yeah, yes. we'll go there. And it's like that's I why we're go, going. I want to go stay yeah, there. Absolutely, especially in. His room, and we'll it's get to that. 217, yeah, yeah. yeah. So not only was the uh, this hotel the institution of the book The Shining, it was the location of the doll shot for the 1997 TV miniseries of The Shining. Not only that, the hotel was the filming location for another fantastic movie. It serves as the hotel that the dynamic duo of Lloyd Christmas and Harry Dunn stay <laughs> in the critically acclaimed and one of my personal favorite should've, movies. Should have won an Oscar, really. It should. It sh- Oscar, Best picture. Oscar contender, at least. Absolutely. The one and only Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. 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 Mock. Yeah. Ing. 
Yeah. Bird. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Mockingbird. <laughs> Mockingbird. Shut <laughs> <up>! <laughs> Fucking love it. Several TV shows have also uh, been recorded uh, episodes there, and the, the band Murder by Death have played an annual winter show at the location since 2014. If you haven't checked out Murder by Death, they're awesome. I highly recommend their track, As Long As There Is Whiskey In The World. That song is so good. Makes sense to play. Yeah, it's so good. Do they play that in the biggest whiskey bar? I would, I would assume. As long as there is whiskey in the world. I've never heard that. Oh, I've dude, never, it's so good. I've never listened to those guys. It's very. I know of them. I've never heard them though. It's like, uh, like I guess modern kind of bluegrassy. Oh, but it's very slow in the beginning, where it's like ding 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 ding, ding and then it kicks in with as long as there is whiskey in yeah. the world. Oh, dude, it's right. so good. I have to check it out. Yeah, it's so awesome. So you guys check that out. It's super fun. So King's novel is based on the famous Stanley Hotel in Colorado, like we said, but the exterior shots in the movie are Oregon's Timberline Lodge. Kubrick agreed to change the infamous room number from 217 to 237, which does not actually exist, in the movie because the hotel was worried people would not want to stay in the room in the future. Or it becomes so fucking iconic that you can't fucking stop people from staying there. Yeah. Ironically, room 217 is most often requested at Timberline Lodge, according to the hotel's website. Duh. (laughs) All right. So all of that is well and good, but let's be honest. We're here for another fucking reason. The weed. And the creepy shit. Oh. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oddly enough, the history of the hotel didn't hold much to attribute to possible haunting or paranormal activity, but that hasn't stopped the belief of many people that the hotel is haunted. So let's check out some of the uh, haunted spots and some stories. Are you okay with this, Logan? Do you need a, a blanket or anything? I would like a nice tall glass of warm milk, if you mm. don't mind. Warm milk? You're taking a nap? Can I, can I sit on your, <laughs> you know sit on your nap? You know what you could get? <laughs> a swift kick in the ass. You can shut the fuck up! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what did that say? How about a nice warm glass? Of sh- <laughs> Can I trouble you for a glass of warm milk? How about you trouble me for a glass of shut the hell up? <laughs> You're in my world now, Grandma. Read the name tag. It says Duke Fingerbottom. <laughs> Fingerbum. <laughs> You're in Duke Fingerbum's world. Oh, my God. So let's talk about, first and foremost, Room 217, perhaps the most famed spot in the Stanley Hotel. This Ooh. is where horror writer Stephen King spent the night and got the inspiration for his 1977 bestseller, The Shinning. You can soak up the same Rocky Mountain views Does that it King. Say that on there? No, no. Oh, okay. I just I I'm say like, that. Did I put that? Do you want to get sued? Yeah. That's all I, I always do. That. So anyway, you can actually look out and see the mountains that he actually looked at. You know what I mean? Which is yeah. awesome. And an added amenity, which I think is fucking great. The room has a library of King novels in it, so you can literally oh, oh. go there, stay in his room, and like read all his books. Can you? Yep. It's so dope. Yep. So dope. Yeah. God, I'm doing that. I have to. That's on my bucket list for sure. Yeah. The room is thought to be haunted by Elizabeth Wilson, a.k.a. Mrs. Wilson. And that would be the Elizabeth Wilson we talked about earlier where they got her name kind of messed up all over the place. Right? I don't know. Read. I, is it? Fucking. It's called discussion, Moody. I don't want to talk to you. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> she was the hotel's head <laughs> housekeeper and during the storm of 1911 was injured during the explosion as she was lighting the lanterns in room 217. She survived though broke her ankles and her spirit seems to be a regular in the room. Guests have reported items move, luggage unpacked, and lights being turned on and off. That's, oh. like, that's like a good thing, though. Like, if I came in like, all my luggage, I'd be like, fuck yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. Leave out a tip for her. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool as shit. I'd be happy about it. Yeah, fuck yeah. And Mrs. Wilson is old-fashioned. She doesn't like it when unmarried guests shack up together, so some couples oh. have reported feeling a cold force coming between them. <laughs> That's a poor choice of words. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't write that. <laughs> They're in bed, and all of a sudden, <laughs> why is it cold? What is that? 
Did you put, are you using lotion? What is this? Jesus Christ. Oh, no. It just sounds so horrible. And that's why people think we're classy. That's why we're a hot Mondi. We are a hot Mondi. A hot toddy. Okay. Anyway, one of the biggest myths about the room is that it's never available, which is not oh. true. You can actually book it and stay there if you have the balls. And guess what? And uh, we're in. I'm pretty sure yep. you have to so, have a lot. I think it's expensive. As oh, yeah. It's too. probably stupid. I was reading expensive. that the rooms there cost anywhere from like $199, which, you know, for a big fan, it's reasonable, to like $800 a night, which I'm assuming is probably that one. Yeah. Logan, do me a favor. Yes. Look up the uh, Stanley Hotel real quick okay. and get uh, look for room 217 and let me know if there's a price on there. And see how far it's booked out. Yeah. And see how far it's booked out. Absolutely. Because we need a vacation. What was, <laughs> the, uh, what was the room? Two, 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 217. Do you 217. think she'd be pissed if the three of us shacked up together? Uh, oh. Are we ooh, ooh, my my little spoon? Am I in the middle? Yeah, you're the lucky Pierre. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, I I feel bad for you because if it is upset, it's going all over you, buddy. Oh. Just, it is going to come in between yeah, us. It's going to come in between us. Hey, hey, Dude. right nut. Hey, left nut. Who's the penis between us? <laughs> Dude, anyway. all the rooms there have 42 inch HD TVs. So does my living room. What's your point? Yeah, I'm just saying it's pretty. I think Econo Lodge has that now. <laughs> All right, let's see. Let's the Red Roof Inn or let's, whatever. Let's, let's book this, guys. They'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> what is that, a Motel 6? Yeah, Motel 6. We'll leave the light on for you. So the next one we're going to talk about here is the Vortex. From an architectural standpoint, the staircase between floors in the hotel's main guest house is a stunner. It sounds beautiful. But the area has also been been dubbed the Vortex, a natural spirit of energy. It's also known as the rapid transit system for ghosts that are known to Uh, haunt the hotel. It's a natural spiral of energy, not spirit. Oh, I read that incorrectly. Yeah, you did. I actually wrote it properly. Yes, a spiral of energy. Thank you. Spiral I just, when I get it right, I want to make sure it's, that you say it it's right. It's a spider. No. Spider. No. Oh, no. Okay. Let's talk about the concert hall. Let's. There's a lot of paranormal hubbub said to be happening in this famed concert hall. Paul, one of the well-known ghosts haunting the Stanley, was a jack-of-all-trades around the hotel. Among his duties, enforcing an 11 p.m. curfew at Jeez. the hotel, which could be why guests and workers here get out, being hey. uttered late at night. Hey. Hey. Hey, baby. Get out. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) The area is also a favorite spot for uh, hotel founder Flora Stanley's ghost to play the piano. That's amazing. She did like the piano. She's probably still pissed that they took that fucking name off there. Oh, my God, dude. I wonder if she, like, haunted that guy for the rest of his life. Yeah, for sure. If anyone got haunted for him. You son of a bitch. A few of Paul's antics here. A construction worker reported he felt Paul nudge him while he was sent, uh, sanding the floors. And tour groups on the uh, Stanley Ghost Tour have reported he flickered a flashlight for them. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Another ghost. That's actually the second time that that's mentioned in this. Yeah? <clears throat> yeah, it comes into play later, too. Okay. Another ghost known to wander the uh, about the concert hall is Lucy, who quite possibly was a runaway or homeless woman who found refuge in the hall. She entertains the requests of ghost hunters, often communicating with them with uh, flashing lights. Stanley historians, however, aren't quite sure about her pre-death connection to the hotel. So she's there. They just don't know how she got there. Yeah. 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 Maybe she just uh, needed a place to go, you know? She's yeah. like, hmm. Yeah. All right, why not? Sounds like a good place to be. This looks fun. Yeah. Room 401, more than a century ago, the entire fourth floor was a cavernous attic. That's the one I was talking yeah. about. Where that's yeah, where yeah. It's where the female employees, children, and nannies all stayed. Now, today's guests will report hearing children running around, laughing, giggling, and playing. I'm officially out. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll stay in every room with that one? Sure. Plus, there's a famous closet that tends to open and shut on its own in the room. 
That comes into play later, too. Oh, boy. Room 428 here. Really, you get a badge of bravery for staying in any room on the fourth floor, but bonus points if you can book room 428. Ooh. Guests have reported hearing footsteps above them and furniture moving about, but that's actually physically impossible given the slope of the roof, the tour guides say. The real haunt in this room, though, is a friendly cowboy who appears at the corner of the bed. All right, I'll stay in that room. Maybe he's you the guys, one. You guys, why don't we each stay in one of these rooms? That'd be fun. I'd be dope. You go in your room and you just hear, would you like me to put you to sleep? <laughs> Howdy, partner. <laughs> I'd, uh, I could rock you a little if you like. <laughs> yes, please. You got any sarsaparilla? <laughs> kiss, kiss, kiss him in the veranda. <laughs> you ever seen a grown man, man naked? <laughs> you like gladiator movies? <laughs> you ever been to prison? <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, the Grand Staircase from Antique Mirrors and Portraits. There's plenty to distract the eye on the Grand Staircase of the Stanley, but it could also be a popular passageway for the hotel's resident ghosts. In 2016, a visitor from Houston snapped some photos on the Grand Staircase and, upon returning home and reviewing them, spotted an apparatus at the top of the staircase. Apparition? <laughs> 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 apparatus. That is an apparatus. Apparatus sounds uh, better to me for some reason. Like there's a clock just <laughs> like a ghostly clock. Apparition yeah. is what they saw. Yes. Uh, that picture is posted. One of the pictures I posted today is Okay, one. so you guys can look on our social media, uh, TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. Well, it's and, on Instagram. Okay, well, it's on Instagram. I don't do any yeah. of that other shit. Okay. That's all you guys. <laughs> so the thing is, he doesn't remember anybody else being on the staircase at the time he was it's taking pretty cool the photographs. Picture. It's a pretty cool picture. The ghostly image of a woman is at the top of the stairs, so it's almost like the brown lady. <sighs> remember? Yeah. Brown lady over in here. Yeah, this one, uh, if you look at it, it there's, it's circled, so you can see where it is, but... uh yeah, it's just like a it's it's kind of dim, but you could definitely make out. It looks like a person. I mean, definitely could be something there. Definitely check that out. Uh, the underground caves. If you go on the seventy-five minute night spirit tour yeah. <laughs> at the Stanley, you don't have to be a hotel guest to get in on it, but you should book in advance. It says your tour your tour <laughs> will come to an eerie halt at the end with a visit to the underground cave system. Workers moved about the hotel through the caves in the early days, so it makes sense this is a popular haunt. Skeptics will pass off the haunts as breezes from the historic piping and ventilation systems. But beneath the hotel is a higher than average concentration of limestone and quartz, which some ghost hunters believe help capture energy at the property. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Logan, you find uh, any hotel rooms? So I, I did, but unfortunately, <laughs> 217 is unavailable. Like, there's, is there, there's no price or anything on it, though? No, it's like completely unavailable. There's like no price. No, like you can't even book it out. Like that thing's probably booked a year like, in advance. I would say it's probably like so far in advance that they're but just like, you can right. get room 317 for a um, cheap price of $900 a night. Jesus fuck. <laughs> are what you about, serious? Wait, what about those other two rooms? Like yeah. the basic rooms are like 300 bucks a, a for. What uh, about 428 or 401? Yeah, look that up. Real those quick. ones aren't available either. Son of a bitch. Those must be booked so far out. $900. Yeah. Well, plus tax, you're looking at a grand a night. Oh, yeah. yeah Holy That better be shit. an ass kicker room, dude. I better get that freaking come that, that in between. Cow- that cowboy better help me out. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you ever had a rubbing tug? <laughs> <laughs> you ever see shampoo just slide down God the crack damn, on man, man. other man's ass? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, okay, so now now that we've talked about some of the hot spots, let's check out some stories about things that have actually, well, yeah. happened there. 
quote unquote. Yes, that, I had my <laughs> tried to do it, but I had a cup man. Air, air <laughs> this first group uh, comes from um, Kieran Johnson. All right, he actually has a few of them on here. He said yeah. three separate incidents. Yeah. So he says, "Now I will share the three separate paranormal experiences that I uh, that have changed my belief in ghosts." Yeah, he said he was a skeptic going in. Okay. Like there's a little bit before this part, and he's like, "I was definitely a skeptic, and now I." Awesome. So despite being a former skeptic, I came to the Stanley with an open mind. While I've seen orbs and have had several strange experiences that I can't explain, what I experienced on Friday, May 26, 2017, was certainly the most intense and frightening experience of them all. This is experience number one, a trolley by the door. Mm -hmm. At approximately 8 p.m., my partner and I came back from a quick trip to the grocery store. Out of nowhere, we heard the sounds of what seemed to be a trolley that was outside of our door. My partner immediately walked over to the door to see who it was. Okay. I thought to myself that perhaps it was room service, but I knew we didn't make any requests. So by trolley, they mean like a cart, yeah. not like an actual trolley, like car. <laughs> Big train. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> what the fuck? These people must be like British or something. <laughs> Shockingly, my partner looked through the peephole and there was no one in sight. Although what happened was certainly a shock to us. It wasn't enough to convince me that it was a ghost. At around 11 p.m., we decided to reach out to Miss Elizabeth Wilson or any other ghost that may have been hanging out in our room. Oh, so he's actually, like, trying to get in contact. Yeah, he wants to. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's trying to. Okay. That's cool. So it wasn't, like, just a visit and some shit happened. Right. He's right. reaching out. Okay. Right, right, right. I figured that even if nothing were to come out of it, I can at least say I tried. I said to Miss Wilson, um, if you're really here with us, prove it. I repeated this a couple of times. This was the last thing I had said before I finally went to bed. Experience number two, a big bang that woke up other visitors. It was around 2.30 in the morning when I was woken from a loud noise. Despite my partner being a heavy sleeper, the noise was loud enough to wake him up as well. The loud noise sounded like it came from someone who picked up a large and heavy object and then slammed it on the floor. Interestingly, it wasn't just my partner and I who woke up from this mysterious noise. Just a moment or two after we woke up, we heard other guests around the hotel speaking and whispering. I was so scared. I asked my partner to put the television on so I could just forget about it and go back to sleep. However, he didn't want the television on. He was more interested in finding out where the noise came from than go back to sleep. A strange discovery the next morning. Oh. When I woke up the next morning. Something came in between them? Yeah. (laughs) There was goo all over us. And it was cold, which is really weird. Um, When I woke up the next morning, I saw a 20-ounce bottle of Mountain Dew on the floor. Oh, nice. Maybe. Is that where the sound came from? Yes. Read on. Okay. My partner's soda somehow fell to the floor. Soda. Soda. Somehow fell to the floor in the middle of a quiet night. What's even more odd is that this bottle was loud enough to wake up not just my partner and I, but also other guests who were near our room. (coughs) I don't believe it was the soda that caused the loud noise. I believe it was a ghost responding to our request to prove it really exists. Other guests who say they heard a loud bang here. Before we left room t- 217, so they stayed there. Yeah. I overheard a com- uh, conversation between several people outside of our, our room. They were talking about hearing a loud noise late in the night. I spoke with a woman who told us she was staying in a room directly above ours. After I asked her about the loud noise, she said it woke her up around 2.30. The woman described the noise as the fall of a large barrel. According to the woman, there was another guest in room 324 who had also heard the noise. While on our way to check out, we ran into a young man who stayed in room 326 with his father. In addition to taking pictures of orbs that were floating outside of room 217, the previous night, he too said he was awoken uh, or woken up from what he described as a loud boom. Okay, so could have been somebody that works there accidentally did something or... Did the boiler blow up again and somebody <laughs> fell through the floor? <laughs> right. Jesus. 
All right, so experience number three, the creepy laugh of a woman. While I thought that the extremely loud and unexplained bang was enough to convince me that there really are ghosts roaming the earth, odd, one more thing happened that night. At around 4 a.m., I woke up and realized that less than two hours after the large, loud bang occurred, it was completely silent in our room. My partner was sound asleep. Just a minute or two after I woke up, out of nowhere, I heard the sounds of a chuckle from a woman. Interestingly, it sounded like the ghost was giggling just centimeters away from my ears. I believe that the chuckle had probably come from Elizabeth Wilson. Although it certainly was frightening and quite creepy to me, I was extremely tired. I quickly went back to sleep. For more information on the strange ghost story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But anyway, if you want to check out this ghost uh, story or whatever. Yeah, there are some other cool stuff. It's there. at odditiesbizarre.com. All right. Um, or you can go to stanleyhotel.com too. The other the other thing that I thought that I thought was interesting about that story is she said that uh she if she thought that the it sounded like the giggle was coming like very close to her face. And there's a story later on that has something very similar to that happen. Okay. So. so she actually goes on to say here, after staying just one night in the Stanley's uh, room 217, I went from a skeptic to a believer in ghosts. If I ever go back to this hotel, I will likely request another room with many reports of supernatural activity. However, regardless of what room you visit at the Stanley Hotel, if you come with an open mind, you just might have a paranormal experience you will never forget. I wonder if you have to like, call... Like, they don't put those rooms on the website for a specific... Like, you have to call and request, like, 217 yeah, or 408 or... None of the 400s, like, none, of the, none of the 200s are available. Only, like, 300s are available. <clears> the four... Seen. So, I guess the fourth floor, like, like those two rooms are supposedly the, the biggest, but I guess the whole fourth floor is, like, fucking creepy. Yeah, that's weird. So. Yeah. That's weird. Very weird. Yeah. Yeah. So, this next one did not have a name associated with it, all right? Nope. Quote here, over the weekend, about 15 co-workers and myself had our company trip to the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, known for being Stephen King's inspiration for The Shining. Mm -hmm. We took an 8 p.m. ghost tour where we joined about 15 other people to get guided around the property and told stories about its history and creepy things that are said to have happened. Love it. Yeah. We were told to take lots of pictures. That's a good business. That's a good, like, company trip. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's a great company trip. Have you ever had a cool thing like that with any of the companies you've ever worked for? Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, me either. No. I just got a Jelly of the Month Club. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do it. Anyway, we were told to take lots of pictures, I'm sure, to try and, uh, you know, capture orbs or ghosts. Many green orbs were caught in pictures, but I don't think anything is as creepy as the photo taken by my coworker, a little girl in a hot pink dress who was definitely not on our tour. And apparently, years ago, a young girl uh, between 12 or 13 by the name of Lucy was squatting in the basement of the concert hall, which is where the photo was taken, and discovered upon plans to begin some construction. She was forced to leave. Uh, the night got below freezing, and she froze to death. Aww. Everyone on my tour has vouched that the girl was not on our tour, who wouldn't remember someone wearing that hot pink, obviously. The man pictured is our tour guide. No one would have been in front of him. I am convinced this is the ghost of Lucy. Just one more added note, though, uh, though I doubt if anyone would believe me, but there was only one time throughout the tour where I felt any strange energy or feeling and it was right here heading down to the basement of the concert hall. Here's your little kid ghost, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that? I don't like it. You don't like it? So that picture, I did find that picture. You did find it? I'll I'll see. It was like it was attached to the article. Um, I'll see if I can find it and post it, though. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Especially like it's so weird to me too that like it's in color because most like ghost pictures and stuff are usually like black and white for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because ghosts are wispy, I guess, or they're apparitions that don't, you know, actually fucking exist. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know anyway. what, dude? You can just fuck off. What? Why? Yeah, I... you heard me. I'll say it again. You want me to say it again? What's that? You could just fuck off. Oh, fuck what off? 
everything. I can try. I don't know. I don't know if I have the energy. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Okay. So the, this next one is fun. Again, no name was presented in the article. This one says, quote, I'm pretty skeptical when it comes to supernatural or paranormal happenings, but one thing in particular really messed with my head. At the beginning of the tour, you follow uh, tour guide. You follow, wait, the tour, you follow the tour guide, whatever, to the music hall, which would often be uh, occupied by children playing during the daytime. When you arrive in the hall, you are, uh, you, yeah. and I know this isn't your writing. This is their writing. You are <laughs> seated in the obser observation box and given an introduction of sorts, explaining that none of the spirits or activity are angry or violent, and that a lot of the activity was thought that, uh, that to be of children, especially in this hall. So our guide asked to show a uh, by show of hands if any of the tour members are good with kids, to which I, along with four or five others, raised our hands. Everyone who raised their hands, uh, she gave a dum-dum sucker to for us to hold out on our palm. So uh, as if we were handing it to a child and uh, depending on the spirit's comfortability with you, they would supposedly pull on this, the sucker. The way this person wrote this is so fucking just all over the place. Some people claimed to feel movement. Some didn't feel a thing. I personally felt and watched this fucking sucker drag from the middle of my hand all the way off to the ground. What? That fucking That's fucking sucker. crazy. That's crazy. Oh my, what? <laughs> all right, that might fuck with me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I got a sucker in my hand and all of a sudden this thing starts tugging it out of my hand. Uh, ah. Tugging at your sucker? Yeah, tugging at my sucker. <laughs> Lots of sexual connotations in this. That's weird. A little bit. Hey, All so right. do that's you guys, crazy though, man. Do you guys want to? Uh, do you guys want to go to this uh, this hotel? They do a, uh, a an awesome night tour. That's the one we were talking about. Yeah. But How guess much is what? that? Guess what? It's only twenty eight bucks a person. It's cheap, right? But yeah. you have to have like a hundred people. Uh, no, it's only sixty minutes long. Oh, lame. Yeah. Well, a fucking plane trip. The plane's gonna take. This is Cost more to get out there. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Plus, plus nine hundred for a room. That's why you got to stay there. Yeah, it's three dollars cheaper if you're a hotel guest. <laughs> wow! It's what eight dollars cheaper. $900, $3. Oh. If, you, if you spend nine hundred dollars on a room, we'll take three bucks off the tour. <laughs> yeah, first of all, you better give me a free tour. Yeah. Um, I, it better be way over an hour, and there better be an HJ in my future. Wait for nine hundred dollars, Ted. Ted, you're, you're kind of old. You have a AAA card, right? What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, little, it's, a, it's a little cheaper yeah. if you're a AAA. Oh, AAA, I have AAA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little cheaper for AAA. I, thought, I was thinking AARP. Also, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, your ASCAP card gets you discounts on stuff, too. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I don't have one of those. Oh, okay. Wait, you have a card that shows off your ass? Yes, my ass crack card. Yes, ah, yes. Gotcha. ASCAP. Ah, ASCAP. It's a songwriter's th Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Another fun story here. Quote, when I was a kid, the Stanley was just a pretty hotel with dumpy rooms. 1970s canary yellow and olive drab borderline crap hole. <laughs> Yikes. We never stayed there. It was just a place to get a good, cheap lunch. Wow, this dude doesn't sound like he likes the place very much. Obviously, this was before the miniseries when it was still cheap and not haunted. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'd screw around and explore the hotel because hotels are fun to screw around in and explore. My brother, my wrong. sister, and myself were wandering the hotel after lunch, poking our heads into um, open rooms and whatnot. Well, we round the corner of the hallway, and to our right is a small opening in the wall of the hall leading to a set of very narrow and steep circular stairs descending into pitch-black darkness. None of us had the cojones to check it out. We wish we had. I never saw that staircase again. So the staircase just showed up? I, I don't know. Apparently it was, like, in the wall, and maybe they were, like, doing... Maybe they closed it up, and no one knows where that was at. That's fucking, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. 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 Uh, another one here. Uh, my ex-girlfriend and I went uh, went there uh, around New Year's a couple of years ago. I can confirm it is very haunted. On the third floor, my ex turned white as a sheet, uh, as a sheet, turned white as a sheet after stopping in front of a particular door. 
I asked her what had happened. She said that something had ran their hand from her uh, from her backside up to the nape of her neck. It was the cowboy. <laughs> there was no one else around Hello, us. Partner. When the um when the what descent. Dawson. Dawson. What the fuck's a Dawson? No fucking idea. All right. Whatever. I'll look it up. Got all the tour members gathered around the door. I would say tour guide. Is that what that is, right? Gathered around the door. She had the experience uh, Had the experience at. She began to tell the group about an apparition that likes to grope pretty young ladies and run his hand from their backside up to their neck. Chainsaw. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. You mean Alibu. Alibu. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's another one here. The ballroom. Quote, it's absolutely beautiful and haunted. My sister lived in Colorado for years, so one winter we were visiting, we decided to make the trip to Estes Park. Um, uh, well, being the rule breakers, we are in my family. We ditched the official tour and took our own. Mm-hmm. We come, uh, came across this big room with chairs covered in white cloth. We decided to play ghost and drape the cloth over ourselves, pretending to be ghosts and take pictures. We, of course, thought we were hilarious. The ghost decided to delete every picture we took in that room. All the photos we took before and after were still on the camera. Just the ones where we were playing ghost were deleted. Weird place. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. It's kind of like, how do, I guess how do you really explain that? Unless you're two dumb kids fucking around and not taking pictures correctly. They probably were taking the pictures under the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> how come everything's black? I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> you dumb shits. All right, here's a quick one from an investigator. In a bathroom at the Stanley, the shampoo bottle was thrown into the tub once when we were investigating 1302 once. I've, uh, 1302? What room would that be? I don't fucking know. 1302. It, it's got to be 302. So, well, no, there was, it might be, um, there are other buildings that you can stay in. There's like, uh, there's that smaller one that you can stay in, and there's, <clears throat> so I don't know if that has anything to do, like it might be the other building. Oh, okay, maybe, that's... yeah. I've had my voice recorder recorder knocked over. As far as seeing anything with my own eyes or objects thrown at me, no, not yet. I think it takes a lot of energy for spirits to manipulate our physical environment, so it's rare, but it does happen. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty crazy. Um, let's see here. One more. This is a retelling of a coyote of sisters. <laughs> yes, the coyote of sisters. <laughs> Was that the coyote ugly? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> Would you like to explain to me what a coyote of sisters is? <laughs> it's a couple. It's a couple of sisters. Is it a couple? Okay, so, so you know how I always have issues with, with the word some? It always changes it to I had since. to change it four times today. Yeah. I swear to God. Uh, coyote is the other one that every time I do couple, for some reason, coyote. Like, who the fuck uses coyote that much? That's so weird. Your yeah, phone does know. that, dude. Oh, my God. It changes every, Listen, every time some. It changes it to either since or fucking dinner. On a side note here, Patreon. Sign up for Patreon so we can get Moody a new phone. Because the <laughs> I phone, do actually, my screen's fucked up. The phone he's currently using literally changes the most basic words into yeah, it does make, senseless it doesn't make any words. Sense. That doesn't, like, it turned couple into coyote. So on a side note, it does that even when I'm not fucking, it does, because you know how it'll change words anyways, even if you don't swipe, if you type it yeah. in, it'll, but it does it even when I'm not fucking swiping. Well, I'm not a 90-year-old man, so I don't swipe. Ooh. What does it have to do with being 90? That makes everything easier. Not going to lie, I, I swipe a text on my Boosh. phone. You swipe on Grinder. Plus, you have an Apple phone, so you just got it like 20 minutes ago anyways, even though everyone else has had it for years. What? Who? Swipe. Swipe? Yeah. Do, do I have that? 
Yeah. Apple phones have it now. Uh, no, they've had it for, they finally got them after like, uh, you They've know. had it for a couple of years now. Okay, yeah, like they're, two. They're, they're, they were a little late to the party. Uh, I'm not going to mess with that. Anyway, so uh, this is a, a Coyote <laughs> of Sisters. Um, yes. Or a couple of sisters. Or a pack. Yeah. Doing a ghost hunt with a uh, with numerous paranormal investigators from the Ghost Hunters TV show. And this was the, the show I actually liked, I thought. Yeah, right? those Ghost were the Hunters. guys. It was like Taps or whatever they call yeah, themselves. Yeah, they're from like the they're East from Coast. They're from like New England area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah those guys were cool. Yeah. Because they... Nine times out of ten, they'd be like, yeah, we didn't find shit. Yeah, like, or they'll debunk the fuck yeah. out of it. Like, no, this is you yeah. didn't get anything yet. Yep. So, quote, our night started in room 401. I have to admit, I was a bit nervous. I'd never been on an investigation of this scale before. It didn't take long for things to start happening. Sitting patiently, my sister began to feel what she would later describe as waves of rolling chills that extended from her feet all the way up to her head, as well as the sensation that all of her hair was standing up on her, on her head. Simultaneously, a fellow investigator's K11 or K2 meter, K2, K2 meter, which measures ele- uh, measures electromagnetic frequency or EMF, began to light up, denoting a change in the room's electromagnetic oh, field. Unbelievable! Sorry. Anyway, paranormal or not, we were jacked, and the night was only beginning. Down the hall in room four four one eight four eighteen, my sister and I. Uh, and I had our first encounter with an ovulus or ghost box or spirit box. At one point, the ovulus said Dawn, my sister's name, as well as Dime, which was a word image that a fellow investigator had agreed to use as a trigger word to communicate with her recently deceased mother. That's kind of fucked up. This fucking box is talking to you? Yeah. Ugh. It says your name. Like, like, so if we go to that thing and we're just standing there with a spirit box and it's just like, John. I don't know. What if this... Oh boy! Fucking what if we had one of those spirit box things and we just heard, "Hey, baby." That'd be the most amazing thing in the world, <laughs> dude. I'd be like, "All right, I don't need to ever see anything else again." Yeah, this, yeah we're this good. Shit is real. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> soon we, uh, they go on to say, soon we were out of the main hotel and into the balcony of the property's music hall. Once our group got settled in, we heard shuffling sounds from the stage and main floor. At one point, a mini fla- uh, mag light flashlight, which was set up to turn on and off with an ever so slight twist of its lamp head. Turn on without assistance. This technique has been utilized on numerous episodes of, of ghost, ghost Hunters. And yeah, they do that a lot. They'll kind of yeah. like set it there and see if it does like you, you turn it until it's just off. Yeah. And then you set it, yeah. Which it could just be. Well, read effect, on. Whatever. Read yeah. on. Um, this technique, again, has been used for them, yet continues to draw scrutiny from naysayers like me, John Sayer. <laughs> that I understand because if it's that, if it's that like, uh, if it's that, you know, it could just be. Could be barely touching, and every right. once in a while, you know. Right. Was a spirit, in fact, making contact, or was the battery simply completing the circuit and turning on the flashlight's beam? Who knows? I'm still not sure, but I've certainly never experienced a flashlight turning on by itself like that before. I chalked it up as another new experience and a weekend of new experiences. But what happened next had to be the climax of our weekend at the Stanley Hotel. As our group shifted down to the basement of the music hall, which seems to be that's where most people see shit, my sister and I decided to separate from the larger group to check out an interior room with a door that a spirit named Lucy liked to close and had already closed several times so far that evening, even with a heavy upholstered chair propped in front of it. Dawn and I sat down with a handful of other investigators in the pitch black room and began introducing ourselves to Lucy, asking her politely to shut the door if she was present. It wasn't long before she obliged. I was literally about four feet away from the doorway when, sure enough, the door began to move away from the wall and toward the jam, closing the door almost completely. Elated, we thanked Lucy for her efforts. Then we asked her to do it again, and after hearing rustling noises behind me and to my left, it happened again, 
a second time. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's uh, awesome. I got, a, I got a little goose bumpy on that one. Uh, little, goose, little goose pimples. Yeah, it's cool, The man. goose pimples. Yes. Upping the ante, we put a chair in front of the door to see if we could get it to happen with the chair blocking the door's path to no avail. Of course not. Didn't you just say it takes a lot of energy for these Yeah. But she also said earlier that it had closed the door with a chair in front of it earlier. Okay. A few minutes later, the group decided to try to get the door to close again without the chair to block its path like it had two times prior. Moving the chair myself, I pushed the door tightly against the wall to ensure the door wasn't leaning forward building momentum, and closing due to some mechanical issues such as a faulty hinge. Makes sense. At least they're thinking of all these things. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah that's what I, yeah, you yeah. like to see that, right. you know. But I couldn't make it uh, start a closing motion without a deliberate effort. Clearly something had to be shutting this door, right? We asked Lucy a third time to please shut the door, and almost as if on command, the door began to shut again. About halfway between the completed motion, I yelled, slam it! And that's exactly what happened. We experienced the door shutting a total of five times, a fourth time after asking Lucy to give us a sign she wanted us to leave, and the final time when the door closed behind us as we were leaving the room. Oh, what? It's just like, now get the fuck out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did what you wanted. Leave, bitches. Yeah. Before long, we were off to famed room 217, the one that had um, King himself, uh, that Stephen King had stayed in, the one that had inspired King to write his book, you know, The Shining that we've mentioned 30 fucking times in this. What's that? Huh? Who? The book. I still don't know who this guy is. Stephen about, King? About yeah, the comic? I don't I don't get it. Yeah, he's he's an author. Oh, he wrote the action novel, right? He wrote many, many leather-bound books. <laughs> the novellas? <laughs> anyway, and the one that the impetus for coming all this way in the first place. So it was the reason they wanted to go to this place because they've heard rumor, right? Purportedly haunted by an extremely... <laughs> <laughs> purportedly be haunted by an extremely tidy chambermaid, the host investigators purposely littered random items across the bathroom floor in hopes that Mrs. Wilson would tidy up during our time there. Interestingly, my sister heard something in the bathroom almost immediately upon turning the lights out. It turns out that a photo taken before the lights were turned out would show the items had indeed moved from their original locations. Coincidence? Could very well be. This is what they're saying. But hard the to fuck argue. fuck is that a coincidence? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how you really get a coincidence out of that. Yeah. Unless she said maybe the noise. And I don't know. Like, how does that, like, how do you take a picture of something, turn the lights out, hear stand a noise. there for a few minutes, hear a noise, turn the lights back on, and shit's in a different spot? <laughs> how is that a fucking coincidence? <laughs> Seems pretty on point to me. Jesus. But anyway, she said, uh, or they said, hard to argue at the same time. As uh, 1 a.m. came and the night's investigation ended, the activity continued even into the next morning. Up at six o'clock, uh, up at six a.m. to pack up, check out, and make the drive back to the airport. I heard the distinct sound of female laughter. I immediately thought, who would be up at this hour, especially after a long night of investigating? Then something told me to check the closet, the bathroom closet. I really didn't want to look, but I did anyway. My heart skipped a beat when I saw a plastic access panel to the crawl space behind the closet removed, now laying precariously in front of the opening. A quick glance into the space revealed the customary plumbing and electrical works. But why the laughter? Was it children playing in the hall? Was it coming through um, the way for, or coming through all the way from room 401? What exactly caused the panel to become dislodged from the, the screw that was holding it in the place in place anyway? The questions raced and the answers eluded. It really was anyone's guess. And considering where I was and the weekend I had just experienced, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. That's awesome. Yeah. 
and, and it could be cool little right. coincidences and stuff where yeah. maybe that was already maybe, down. Maybe, maybe it was already that. off. Yeah. yeah. But where'd the laughter come from either way? Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, we got to go. Oh my God. It's all so amazing. Yeah. I just, I, the only way we're going is if we get room 217. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm down. Or one of those 400s. Those sound pretty good too. She yeah. was in four. She was in one of those. She was in four, oh, yeah, yeah. 428 she was in, yeah. maybe. I think it was. 420, that'd be perfect for you. Yeah, I'm down with that. <laughs> Especially in uh, Colorado. In Colorado where it's legalized. Legalize it. <laughs> so that's some crazy stuff. What do you guys think about the Stanley Hotel? We know this is a little bit longer. We got in some really cool shit. Than, I thought it was going to be longer. I think yeah? we went through it pretty quick, though. Good. Good. We thought it was awesome. So it's actually something I, anymore. I wanted to do for a while. But you know what time it is? Um, I do. It's everyone's favorite time of the show. The end? Damn it. <laughs> the movies! And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show. The movie review. Which top 10 movies will make the cut? <laughs> yeah, it's the movie. Doing the Charleston over here. <laughs> Come on, see? I feel like it's appropriate for this episode, yeah, especially. Absolutely. Old Stanley and Flora would have loved it. Yeah, and just thinking about like the uh the scenes from back in the day in the shining where they're like the old the old timey scenes where he's at the bar talking to the bartender and shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So we are talking about the very best and worst Colorado horror films to watch. This Halloween basically Ooh. says, "Yeah." So we're just going to say the the worst and best Colorado horror. I think films. There's uh, there's nine on this list. Nine, nine, nine times. times. <laughs> and listen, nice. if you guys are from the Colorado area, and uh, yeah. you know if you've been to this hotel, please let us know. You know if you've had any inkling, or if you know someone that has, we really want to hear what you guys have. Uh, and if you haven't been to this hotel, then just don't tell us anything. Right. right. Yeah. What? 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 Yeah. Seem counterconducive, but okay, whatever. So this very first <laughs> one on here, this is actually one of Moody's favorite movies. Uh, that's not the first one. You got to scroll down further. Oh, I thought it's, that was it. A... Starts right there. Oh, never mind. Well, this is actually one of our favorite movies. It is. No, no, it works out because, there either. And way. of course, it's The Fucking Shining. Yeah. Of course, you guys all know about The Shining. It's where you know all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Uh, interesting tidbit. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, you're welcome. Oh, okay. Interesting tidbit about that. Yes. Is, uh, <clears throat> so in the American version. Yes. It says all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy. Yes. So what, St <laughs> what Stanley Kubrick did for that scene, because he knew that it wouldn't translate properly into other languages. Okay. He actually went through mm -hmm. and made sure that when they did the translations in the movies and the overdubs, yes. that he picked out a phrase in all the languages. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. That would make sense in the same way. Did he really? Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Like, I know, like, or, or at least have the same kind of effect, like, that he's, like, I know the, Ger I remember the German one, there, the phrase that he used in German was, uh, like, don't put off tomorrow what you can do today. Okay. Oh. That kind of, and, like, there was a bunch of different, there was, like, in all the, the it, it listed, like, three or four different ones, but. That's cool. Yeah, I guess he went through and listed and made sure that the phrases that they used in the foreign translations actually made sense in the movie. Yeah, you guys, you have to see it if you haven't seen it. And if you haven't seen it, you're, I don't know what's wrong it's with you. It's on Netflix, bro. You just got to watch it. And I actually just watched uh, Dr. Do Dr. Sleep. Dr. Sleep. It was okay. I've heard it's all right. It was all right. Yeah. It's, him, it's him grown up, right? It's him grown up. And, a, you know, he's got the adult. shining and these people are chasing him down because they consume the shining so they can keep their shining. Oh. Yeah. So like a Highlander. Because if you didn't know what the shining was, it's actually just like ESP. It's like a, Pretty a, much, it's yeah. a sense. So, yeah, you can, sense yeah, you can yeah. talk to people right like near mine yes yes from from long distances as well right yes so this movie obviously stars the one and only jack nicholson 
Correct. You know, and Shelly Duvall. Yeah. Olive oil. Johnny. Yeah. Olive oil, right? And, and it's just some, a, uh, some little kid. It's a great fucking movie. Just go watch it. Yeah. I'm not even going to get into it. The next one on the list is Cannibal the Musical. This is one of my favorite movies, yes. <laughs> this is what it I is saw. This is my favorite Trey Parker and Matt Stone movie. Yes. Trey Parker, Matt Stone, those are South Park creators. The South Park creators of them, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, made Cannibal as a student project. We've actually discussed this on other lists yes. before, too. While attending the University of Colorado in Boulder in 1993, despite initially low expectations, uh, much like South Park, it began as a short trailer. The movie has proven itself a sturdy enough black comedy and horror film to warrant stage adaptations at theaters around the world, including Denver's own Bug Theater. Yep. It tells the story of the real life Alfred Packer. Who we did a bonus episode on. Yeah. Who, wait, did we? We did a book because we talked about him during the, uh, we did the, um, the Donner Party. Yes. Oh, yes. And we talked about him yes. because of the cannibalism yes. thing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yes. We did a bonus on him. That's when we talked about this movie. Yes. Yep. I, yep. Do, I do now remember. Yes. 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 See. Who confessed to cannibalism after getting snowed and traveling through the San Juan Mountains in the late 19th century. We cannot, however, recommend using it as a historical resource, it says. <laughs> True story. I've never it's, seen it. It's Oh, it's so good. I, I've never seen it. I'm going to have so to watch it. It's so fucking funny. Yeah. It's a musical. It's legit. I mean, it's, the song. It's amazing. Are, I think I can. Songs I can amazing, convince my yeah. wife to watch it. I was just like, you want to watch this musical with me? Yeah. Like Moody said, it was great. Like it's a really good musical. Hey, you gotta leave Moody out. You gotta leave Moody Dude, out. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't put my name in it. As soon as you put his name in it, she's gonna be like, yeah. Don't no, put my name in it, I'll be like, I heard about or I read about this new musical we gotta watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's supposed to be amazing. <laughs> Guarantee, I either get punched. The opening scene, she's gonna be like, I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm, or she's gonna leave the room and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? No. Yeah. yeah. Literally, the opening scene, she'll probably walk out. So this one here, and the next one is Snow Beast. This 1977 TV film, which has always great, has accrued a minor cult following in recent years as it's widely available in the public domain. Oh, it was both set and filmed in Colorado at locations in and around Crested <laughs> Crested Butte Ski Resort. It's unintentionally hilarious in all the best ways, leading the Perfect. comics in Denver's late mile high, sci uh, high sci-fi outfit to spoof it. The oh. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Nice, huh. nice. At live shows while issuing limited edition posters that are approximately 1,000 times more accomplished than the movie's own <laughs> terribleness. That's but they, awesome. They say it's like one of those movies that's so bad, so it's, bad good. it's good. So bad it's good, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay, now here's one I have seen. Oh, this okay, is a great okay, movie okay. too. Strange I saw this Land. In the theaters. Did you really? Yeah. Ugh. Really. D. Snyder, best known as the lead singer of "We're Not Gonna Take It." No. No, we ain't gonna take it. That was my Dave Chappelle version of yeah. D. Snyder singing. I, I knew. Sisters. I knew instantly yeah, too. I'm yeah. like, yeah. I'm like, why is he saying? Oh yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> anyway, he's the lead singer. Of Twisted Sister wrote this modern primitive horror flick about torture and the nascent dangers of the internet, and it's based loosely on Captain some of Howdy. Yeah, based on some of his band's early 1980s uh, music. Filmed in and around Colorado Springs and Denver, including at the latter's church nightclub, it's set in the fictional town of Helverton, Colorado, where oh. the sadistic Captain Howdy, played by Snyder, is wreaking havoc. Yeah, it's it's craptastic on nearly every level, but I think it's a great movie. But remains a time capsule of 1998's digital anxieties and our fetish for serial killer procedurals. It, it, it's it, true. Though. It's pretty dark, especially when it came out. It was it's it, pretty dark, man? When did it come out? 19 mid 90s, probably like 97, uh, 98, maybe. Is it, it say? Yeah, it just said 98, something like yeah. that. Soundtrack was fucking amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty fucking twisted. I'm not yeah, gonna lie. It is yeah, crazy. You guys get a chance to watch yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one, huh, whatever. Phantoms. Like, you the bomb of Phantoms, yo. <laughs> 
so bad. Author Dean Koontz has often been called the poor man Stephen King, but there's no apples to apples comparison for Phantoms, his worm-ridden mashup of supernatural horror tropes. Set in the fictional uh, Colorado ski town of Snowfield, this is a cabin fever meets the thing tale of people versus environment with an ancient evil manifesting in frequently eye-rolling ways. The respectable cast, including Peter O'Toole, love him, Rose McGowan, meh, Liv Schreiber, eh, and Ben Affleck. Liv eh, Schreiber's not bad. She's all right. Is more an indication of where those actors' careers were in 1998 than the actual quality of the script. <laughs> As a bonus, it was actually filmed in the former mining town of Georgetown, about 45 miles west of Denver. Quote, I guess it's kind of cute in a dorky sort of way, McGowan's character Lisa Paley said of Snowfield. Just you wait, Lisa. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay, I guess. I yeah. mean, it was, you know what I'm saying? Um, here you go. I don't know where he is. We're, we're, we'll we're have to call him one of these days. But uh, this is not George A. Romero's 1985 zombie also, classic. On a, on a side note, uh, <laughs> I said Liv Schreiber's okay. And you said she's she's all right. Or I said he's great. You said she's all right. It's a dude. It's a guy. Yeah. Just, I was yeah. thinking of uh, Liv. Tyler? No. Who was I thinking of? The chick from the Scream movies. The hell's her name? Damn it. It's going to drive me crazy. Nev Campbell? Nev Campbell. That's who I was thinking of for some reason. Yeah. yeah um, he's actually the guy from Jaws. No. Right? No? Who am I thinking That's of? Roy Scheider. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Who the hell's... You ever seen the movie Goon? Mm, the hockey movie? Yeah. Yes. Okay. He's the guy that uh, at the end, the, the, the two fight each other. Oh, okay. He's like the main guy that he's trying to fight the whole time. Okay. Got yeah. it. Sorry about that. That's Liv <laughs> He was also on a TV show uh, that was pretty popular. MASH. No, Jack. he's like a detective or something. Family Matters. I can't think of it. Whatever. Oh, okay. Going. Hawaii Five-0? No, not at all. So, Day of the Dead here. This is not George A. Romero's 1985 zombie oh, classic. Oh, that wasn't, that wasn't yeah. Colorado. Set in Leadville a filmed, uh, and filmed in Bulgaria and Los Angeles. That said, it's enjoyably corny watch thanks to ham-fisted catchphrase, written script, committed and committative awkward performances from stars Mina Savari, Nick Cannon, and Ving Rhames. Day of the Dead is one of those films that looks like it was released a decade before it actually was, and we mean that in a bad way. I actually liked it a lot. I thought Day of the Dead was cool. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, you know. Next one up, we have Aliens versus Predator Requiem. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen that, haven't that, seen that one. That movie. Poop, poop, poop. We need that noise for everything that we hate. The poop, first Alien versus Predator wasn't terrible. Yeah, it, it was all right. Oh, it was cool. Like, with the little, like, cliffhanger at the end with the, yeah. you know, the alien popping and I never, Predator. I never saw this one. But so. yeah, you don't, like, see the Predator alien hybrid thing at all in the second one. It's like, just so, you see shadows of them the entire time. I'm not even going through this because I thought it sucked. So yeah, anyway, it's, it's Alien versus Predator Predator at Requiem. Just go watch it. Whatever. Yeah. Or don't. Yeah, or don't. Next one up, though, would love this fucking movie. The Hateful Eight. Interesting they consider this a horror movie. Yeah, I don't... It, I mean, I guess... That, what's your definition of horror? Thriller, I guess, kind of thing? Yeah, I don't really... Cause, like, I don't know. I don't really consider it a horror movie. It's more of a suspense, I would say. Suspense, action. Or yeah, not but even I mean, action, there's a it's, lot of fucking murder in it. Yeah, so that is mean it's a horror movie. No, I, I well, I, again, it's your depiction of horror. I yeah, guess. I guess you know, still a great movie though. Yeah, so it's yes. the Hateful Eight. Okay, so this grim, bloody Quentin Tarantino dramedy isn't exactly a traditional horror film. Hey, uh, but it's ever ratcheting suspense, trademark gore, and stark setting. Uh, settings place it neatly in line with movies like The Shining, while still allowing it to com comment on the poisonous side of the pioneer mythos. Quote, what happens when almost every single character is a self-reliant, self-interested frontier man? So, of course, Scahill said that, um, uh, quote, that's kind of the horror of it, even with Tarantino's self-indulgent dialogue. Lots of dialogue in it, too. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's what Tarantino does. Whether you find it thrilling or tedious, Hateful Eight, set in Wyoming, but filmed in part outside Telluride, okay. is a sprawling character study that turns the dial up progressively on a semi-frozen octet of grizzled loners. And this movie... <laughs> you got that TB over there? Yeah. Sorry about that. So it's got uh I was going to say, I didn't Sam think Jackson. it took place in Colorado, but it was filmed. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, Sam Jackson, um, uh, Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell, my, uh, one of my favorite actors Yeah, of I mean, dude, it's just oh, a great yeah. movie. It's freaking phenomenal. Oh, yeah. This one, I'll always know what you did last summer. Is that like the ninth one of those they made? I don't know. And this is the last one on our list. Set in Colorado, but shot in Utah. This 2006 finale to the I Know What You Did Last Summer trilogy was direct to video clunker that holds an impressively sad 0% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. You <laughs> you won't recognize any of the actors or locations, but you will get the sinking feeling you've seen something like this before, however vastly superior it may be. If fishermen with hooks scare you more than evil clowns or ghosts, you should probably still avoid choking down this bitter, boring pill. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Oh, man. That was wow. rough. All right. Yeah, that was that was rough. So, yeah, those, those are the movies, buddy. What do you think of that? All right. I actually liked several of those movies. It wasn't a bad list. Yeah. Didn't realize that some of those were in Colorado. Yeah, but yeah, it's not a bad list. So, like, uh, uh, well, no, I guess Cannibal the Musical takes place pretty much all in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Those are your movies for the Woo! week. And I tell you what, now we're going to get into the new part of the show that we're doing. And hopefully you guys are into it. And hopefully we can help. Um, this is uh, we're, we're doing the missing. All right, so this is our new segment. It's The Missing, and we are going on to the uh, charlieproject.org. And last week, I think I misspelled that, so I apologize to them. It's C-H-A-R-L-E-Y Project, Charlie. Okay. Yeah, my daughter's name's Charlie, and I think I just kind of confused the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so basically every week, they put up a missing person on this, and it's all missing people is what this website is. And we felt that if we can get people to listen and possibly help, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I mean, you never know. You might, you, something might sound familiar to you. Right. You know? So this uh, this uh, person today is Kevin Anthony Prasad, missing since uh, September 15th of 2010. Wow, almost coming up on freaking, what, 11 years? Yeah. That's on, oof. Uh, missing from St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, he's basically classified as lost or injured, missing. Yeah, obviously a male, Asian in race. Date of birth is August 22nd, 1981, so he'd be 40 years old. Um, I don't know why it says age 29 years old. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, uh, height and weight. Uh, he's 5'10", 145 pounds, Asian male, black hair, brown eyes. His details, Prasad uh, was last seen in St. Petersburg, Florida on September 15, 2010. He went for a swim at Fort DeSoto's North Beach that day. He was swimming with a friend about 250 feet offshore, headed for the Shell Key Preserve when his friend lost sight of him at approximately 3.30 p.m. Prasad never returned to shore and an extensive search turned up no sign of him. He is presumed drowned but remember just because he's presumed drowned doesn't mean he necessarily is right correct okay prasad moved to florida from trinidad and uh uh tobago with his parents and sister tobago Na- T- that's tobago trinidad and tobago okay or tobago i think it's one of the two okay I, yeah either one with his uh, parents and sister in 1997 he graduated from lakewood high school in st petersburg and attended the international academy of design in tampa florida he dreamed of becoming a fashion designer at the time of his disappearance, he was working in customer service with the American Automobile Association. Hey, there's your uh, AAA. Uh, yes. And unfortunately, his body was never found. If you have any information, you can call the uh, Pinellas County Sheriff's Office at 727-582-6200. And that is our missing person of the week. Okay. 
So yeah, if you guys know anything, if you hear anything, keep your ears to the ground. Keep looking to the skies, right? Yeah. I don't know how the uh, whole thing works. Anyway, so passengers, we hope you enjoyed your ride with us on the Stanley Hotel. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. Very informative, and I like that kind of shit. Yeah. I think the information is uh, very... Uh, now you all know that it costs $1,000 a night to stay there. <laughs> hope we could help. <laughs> Glad we did that for you. Yeah. Uh, it's so messed up. Yeah, yeah, it's so expensive. So next week, guess what? What? We're going to be staying on the paranormal train for a minute. Oh, really? We're going to be getting into... What do we got? Ghostly landline calls. Ooh. Like phone calls from ghosts. Really? Yeah. Motherfucker. All right. Now, listen, depending on the amount that's there, we might throw some other cool stuff in there with it. it. Don't you fucking worry. Yeah, we'll we'll make it cool for you. So make sure you join us next week. We're going to be talking about that Uh, because apparently this is a phenomenon I didn't even know about. You know what I'm going to do? What? Just to piss you off? What? I'm going to give you two hours of the history of the fucking phone service in the United States. Alexander Graham Bell (laughs) and his entire history. Yeah, that's hilarious. Please don't do that. (laughs) Anyway, join us here next week and we will be talking about that. So make sure that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Make sure to stop over to our official website, the Midnight Train Podcast dot com. At our website, you can buy some super sweet super sweet merchandise. And uh, at our store, and by the way, I put up some new merch this Did past week. Did you put week. up the new Duke finger bum? Not yet. I gotta get. I gotta get it done. <laughs> we just came bum. up with it today. I yes. know. I'm just keeping it yeah. fresh in your fresh. mind. Yes, I will definitely I'm like, do that. You know what? I'm gonna. Where's my? But uh, there's some new shirts up there right now. Uh, there's a couple. I put some, some hats. good ones. My daughter. Hats. My daughter wants the one with our faces on it. Yeah, that's She's amazing. Like, will you buy me this? I'm like. Um, okay. <laughs> why do you want a shirt with daddy's face on it? <laughs> She's proud of you. That's why. Anyway, all kinds of cool stuff over there. So make sure you do that. And guess what I got this week? My subscription to Dr. Squatch. Dr. Squatch. If you don't know about Dr. Squatch and you're new here, guess what? They're changing the way that men oh, approach hygiene by providing so all natural, sweet. high quality, healthy products like bar soaps, hair care, colognes, beard oils, and more that make you feel like a man and smell like a champion. All soaps True. and products are made right here in the U.S. using the finest all-natural ingredients, not cheaply made or harmfully mass-produced. And to be honest, they're not cheaply made. No, not at all. Like, I've dropped my soap. It sounded weird. hey <laughs> I've dropped it a few times, and it's never... You know how sometimes it'll get that dent in it yeah. or it'll break? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing. No? Nothing. Love it. Love Good job. It. So, listen, Good to get 20% off your first subscription, just head on over to <laughs> the midnighttrainpodcast.com forward slash sponsors, click on the banner, and use promo code uh, DSC Squatch 20. That's DSC S Q U A T C H TCH 20. God, I screwed that up. Or it's going to be in the show notes to get the best damn soap. Um, yeah, you can literally just go to our website and click on sponsors. It's Easiest right way to do yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. And listeners keep asking how they can help keep the steam in our engines. Well, if you like what you hear from us, please consider being a producer of the show. Become a pooper. Head on over to the Midnight Train Podcast.com and click on the Patreon button at the top of the page. Yeah. Or go to patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast. For as little as five bucks a month, you can get all kinds of shit like custom shirts, custom stickers, um, uh, posters, bonus episodes, bonus episodes. Jesus Christ. Yes, the episodes. Episodes, like the ones we uh, talked about earlier, all kinds yeah. of cool stuff. And by the way, I set it up now where. You will be getting every three months oh. a new custom sticker. Oh. Poopers. Oh, that's getting, awesome. Including a custom pooper sticker. Dude, you got to have like a, an official pooper membership. Yes. Sticker. That's it. So uh, that's it. You're, you're, you're a pooper and you, you get, get a sticker. Your, you'll get your Duke finger bum sticker coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's for five bucks a month, man. And you get all the bonuses and we get, you know, discounts on stuff and you're going to yeah, get stickers. Sweet. You're going to get all kinds of cool stuff. Episodes, so. you get early uh, 
early viewings of things that yes, we do. Yes, like the documentary. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that. That we will might, be available uh, for everyone else. I'm thinking here within a week or so. Hey, fuck those people. Dude, all I got to say, though, <laughs> all I got to say is if we, uh, if, we, if we make a Duke Fingerbum sticker, it's got to stay, stay, or, uh, what, what, what is the safe from fucking Duke Fingerbum? That's what it's got to be. <laughs> We're doing a hashtag safe from Duke Fingerbum? <laughs> yes. Okay. No, yeah. he's not stepping on my fucking toes. <laughs> Fuck, that <laughs> Fuck his world up. It, or it should just say something. Since it's a sticker, like, you know, stick it here, Duke Fingerbum. <laughs> <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or, or you can stick it. You know, I don't know. We'll figure something cool out. So anyway, if you guys are a Midnight Train fan and you want to support the show, that is the way to do it. I mean, obviously, listening, we love you guys doing that very much. And, uh, you know, but take it that one step further and get some free, uh, some bonuses and shit like that. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's fun time. For those of you that would uh, rather do the one-time donation thing that Moody likes to do all the time. <laughs> yeah. You can do that. Any amount of money, we'll send you the sticker. Any amount of money. As long as you're not a page driver. You user. can send it over to PayPal and use the email address, the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com. Or if you just want to send us any information on anything, that is our official email address, the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can easily like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. And most importantly, share the Midnight Train to everyone. It takes only a couple of minutes, and word of mouth is how we're going to keep doing this and keep getting more in-depth and bring you more episodes and do more cool shit, right? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. fucking positively Right. So don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the Midnight Train um, OH, on uh, uh, Instagram at the Midnight Train Podcast, on TikTok at the Midnight Train P, that's the letter P, on YouTube, the Midnight Train Podcast. We cannot thank you enough for all the love and support we have received. You guys really do keep it moving for us, and we love it. Yeah. I look forward oh, yeah. to this every fucking week. Every week, this it's like I do legitimately look forward to it. Yeah, oh, that makes one of us. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. A very, very special thank you to our fearless Patreon poopers. <laughs> to Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Albert Lopez, Albert Lopez, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Margaret Atkins, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Doherty, Gina Madison, Janet Sherell, Laura Randall, Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. Please check out the Fun Box Podcast. Yep. Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sister Skelton <laughs> Podcast. They're doing Killer Children. This, this is their new one. Oh, shit. So I'm not listening. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> yeah, so make sure you check yeah, them out. One. Those ladies are awesome, so make sure you're checking their out their podcast out. Maria Gibbs, Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Craig Spurlock, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabinick, and our boy Bill Birch. Oh, good for you. If you want your name to be mentioned on the show and you want to support the show, become a Patreon pooper. All right. Pooper. Other uh, than that, real quick, yeah. We're gonna end on a happy note. Yeah. While we were recording this episode. Yeah. Uh, my wife, my wonderful wife, who I love so much, <laughs> sent me a message, and uh, it was a video. And I was like, what's she sending me videos for? Did somebody, like, die at the campsite? What the hell happened? She sent me a video. My son is now riding his bike without training wheels. Hey! hey. Give him an applause. Where's yeah, the applause he does, You know what? He does get an applause. Yeah. There it is. She sent me a video of him riding his bike without training. That's awesome. That's amazing. And he's killing it, dude. He's just like whipping around. I'm like, yeah, all right. That's awesome. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go. Yeah. Anything you want to say before you get out of here, Logan? Um, Shut up. I got to poop. Okay. Er. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Stay safe out there, passengers. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, choo-choo, motherfuckers. Go home and get your fucking shine box.